As you can tell, it, well, if you're a, a, a frequent listener to the show, you, you know me and Emery pretty well by now. And um, that was certainly not my idea. I'm sure you can tell. That did come from this man over here. Yeah, I'm proud of that idea. But, you know, it turned out to be pretty late. Anyway, yo, what is up, everybody? Episode 23, baby. Let's, Let's go! go! Can we first acknowledge how soon we're recording this second episode of the second season after the first one? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. We, the day we are recording is the day after we uploaded mm-hmm. um, season two, episode one, or Enlightened Brothers, episode 22. And, you know, it, that was a very good episode. I enjoyed it. My dad messaged me, and he was like... This is the best thirty minutes of any uh, best thirty minutes of any podcast I've ever heard. Oh, after the li- opening, after listening to his first thirty minutes, us talking about our growth through high school and stuff like that. Episode because uh, yeah, like we we have left out a lot of time that we could have used to le- letting you guys learn about us. Yeah, and like those first um, episodes that we did of the podcast. And I think that gave us, you guys, a little bit of insight into our lives. And I think we owe it to the Enlightened Family just for the fact that. We've been gone for so long, and now, like, our VR, and, you know, we're not the type of people that upload something and expect a certain viewer count, but I am a numbers guy, and I did, like, the viewer count is certainly lower, but I think it's, it's definitely, it definitely stems from the fact that we've been gone for so long, and we deserve that. So we owe it to the Enlightened family to, like, just, switch you know, spill, s- switch it up, spill ourselves out. And um, obviously, if you stayed to the end of last episode, we got a lot more wild. Um, but this season, this season is definitely going to be a lot better and a lot different than um, last season. But one of the new things to uh, season two is that we will have a lot more guests on the show because, you know, me and Emery are about to leave. Um, yeah. And we want to have as many in-person guests guest episodes or in-person episodes that we can do before we have to start doing these things over zoom and if you guys have been paying attention to our last episodes that we've had guest episodes in you always notice that we have that extra chair that extra space in the middle yeah man so you guys already know the drill would you please welcome drumroll please yo mrs Okay, yes, go ahead, introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Ariana, people call me Ari. 
Nice. Go to Oak Leaf too. We're people. Before you continue, <laughs> before you continue, um, since you're already introducing yourself, I ask this to every guest that steps foot um, in this area. I ask every guest that comes on this show this question. Pretty simple question, but uh, with, with a deep answer. Okay. Ariana, who are you? Caleb. I am mean. Mean? Me. Oh, me. <laughs> you are you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um... I'm just a girl that likes to cheer and enjoys school. I like being pushed to like the higher level. I'm always going to strive to be more and do more than what I do now. And I like to surround myself around people that have that same ideology. Mm. Awesome. Well, your friends are your power. You're literally yeah. surrounded. And if you watch anime, you know what's up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll actually get to that a little bit later. That's awesome. So, um, Ari, what are your future plans, man? So I'm going to UCF. I actually What is UCF? University of Central Florida oh, here you. in Florida. Nice. In Orlando. Mm -hmm. You know the vibes. And I'm studying biology on the pre-med track. And I got my associate's degree, so hopefully I'm there for only two more years, and then I go to med school. Yeah, man. Okay. Sounds like so a solid plan. Yeah. Ari, Ari's going to be out of school while me and Emery are, are, are just entering our, our junior year. So yeah. Emery and I. I need to stop doing that. But, yeah, she's she's <laughs> – She's a stellar student and a stellar person, and I'm excited to have her here. Me too. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, oh, man. We, we forgot. We have a deep conversation today. Oh, crap. Episode 23, baby. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. What are you talking about? I think we already did that. No, we didn't. <laughs> yes, we did. Already did. We do that already. We did the let's go. I don't think we did we, episode I said episode he 23, said 23, baby. He was like season one, episode two, episode 23. I, I said episode 23, baby. Let's okay, go. Okay, who cares? Do it again. Bro. I already did. All right, we'll bro. Do it for a third time. You know yes, you're not I the am. one to lead that. That's my thing. So That's my thing. I started I, doing it first. Yeah, because Caleb did that weird little... No, we're what? talking about the history of the podcast. I did episode no, baby. I did the episode. Episode number baby, let's go. You think you're louder that than me? Episode number that, That's my energy. Baby, let's go. I did it. No, you don't do this. <laughs> this is my thing. <laughs> episode 23, baby. No. Let's episode go. Episode 23, baby. Let's go! Episode 23, baby, Epi let's go. Episode Awesome, man. Even though we already did that. Um, any more any more things we need to get to before we uh, get this thing started? Started. Oh, thank you, everybody, for over 100 subscribers. Yes, This is absolutely. our first huge milestone yes. for the podcast. Chink, 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 chink. And we still didn't get that comment saying who was um, subscriber number 100. Yeah, well. So I'm well. expecting that in, this, uh, in the comments of this video. All right. Yeah. So we could give you an extra special shout out for yes. being the 100th member of our enlightened family. Because remember, um, and excuse me, uh, it's this is a really thing, a really important, sorry, a really important thing that needs to be said. Because as I said last episode, our 100th subscriber, whoever it is, Not gets getting an automatic $1,000 gift nope, from, from Caleb, as well as an automatic seat in this chair or on Zoom if you are, you know, far, far away. 
And yeah, that's pretty. I don't know what else Emery has planned to give oh, you. Oh, and also, we made an Instagram page yes. specifically for the Enlightened Brothers podcast. Called the Enlightened Brothers. Yeah. I don't know if you guys were expecting it to have that name, but yeah. it's something pretty out there. Uh, uh, we actually go over there, and we're actually going to be doing a lot of promotions there from now on. Yeah, because um, we used to promote um, all the promo. I used to promote. Oh, sorry, I can't talk today. I used to put all the promos up on my personal Instagram page, but me and Emery decided to, uh, you know, deconstruct a little bit and uh, place this uh, that function over on the other Instagram page. But you know, we've been spreading out through uh, a lot of social media. Man, Emery is working on. You, you said Instagram, Twitter. We're working on a Facebook and a TikTok. Okay. Um, we, we have a no-cut challenge for every single episode. <laughs> so whatever you say and do will be held against you. I highly suggest y'all cut that out. <laughs> highly suggest that. Um, Got right. an image to uphold, guys. Um, I, was, I was thinking, like, do I chime in? Or <laughs> we should have waited. Do I just sit there? Just... All right, man. Enough fun times. <clears throat> Everybody, it's time to get serious. Um, as 95% of the Enlightened Brothers podcast is, we're about to dive deep in some intellectual conversations. Now, um, we nice. kind of teased at this at the end of last episode. Yeah. Because we were on a, no, I wouldn't say a time constraint. We did a lot of talking about other stuff last yeah. episode, but this kind of deserves majority of its own episode. Yeah. Uh, something it, really meaty. It, Let's it, get to the meat. It definitely deserves its own episode. This is a... a, a <laughs> I missed that one. This is a topic that actually I, I'm thankful and happy that we are finally able to talk about this because I'm sure we would have talked about this before. Um, but this has been a heavily censored topic um, over the pandemic. Um, it's highly controversial. And I don't well, I know how it's unfortunate that um, such a partisan nature has been brought into this hypothesis. But what we are speaking about today, if you haven't figured it out already, is the lab leak hypothesis specifically. But overall, we are talking about the origins of the SARS-CoV-2, or formerly known COVID-19. So I, I planned on it's, starting this, this off. Gonna be, this is going to be... A filled one. Yeah. With let a me, lot of background, so open me, your ears. Yeah, let me bring my lightsaber across. Let me fix this, too. Uh, we're getting real serious. There now. we go. Okay, <laughs> so the lab leak, the lab leak hypothesis. Um, to open up, uh, unless you were like Captain America and you were frozen in ice for 74 years, then you should know about the COVID-19 pandemic and all that has occurred. But uh, since the beginning, um, as suspected... Everybody was wondering, well, where did this come from? And originally, it was thought to have been an animal to human transmission, said to be what from, because uh, it, it is, originates from Wuhan, China. But they said, wait, did a bat bite a human or somebody ate? It was some sort of transfer. Ate, somebody yeah, ate a bat. Ate yeah, a bat, right. So, bat. That was the primary so, Yeah, source. it's some transfer between a bat to a human disease. Um, many were skeptical, but as I said before, um, this skepticism was immediately met with censorship, especially on the app that we are disseminating this, uh, or sorry, media site that we are disseminating this content on today, um, majorly, which is YouTube is our main platform and YouTube censored many people, people that I know personally, um, for suspecting any other origin of the pandemic other than a bat. 
and we're gonna get to why this was uh, so partisan before. Well, but hold um, on. Yeah, go ahead. Ari, what do you think? Do you? Oh, oh no, you don't don't put that on her yet. Let's lay the facts yeah, down can first. I, can I get some From what you yeah. know, maybe guys, your opinion will honestly, change. So, um, moving on. The lab in question is the Wuhan, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Vi- vi- oh, sorry, virology. Um, are you actually an expert in virology? Uh, uh, you you want to you want to enlighten the people on what virology is? I don't know. You don't know. You're about to, you're taking a class on it. He just did you like Immunology. give him the same energy. Oh, my bad. The no, same I'm energy. Sorry. Look, I'm sorry. No. I'll cut that out. No, I thought okay. I thought it was I thought you said virology. Okay. No, I'm about to take a class on immunology and basically just immunizations and being able to perform like lab research to okay. get to these immunizations. That makes sense. Well, virology um, is studying the, the diseases and how they propagate, okay? Um, and we we know the virus to have emerged from Wuhan. I'm pretty sure. Right. I think without like the par- partisan pressure, I think we um, established that before anyway. But what is first. happening under investigation is um, the or what is being put under we- investigation is the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Joe Biden has actually requested the U.S. intelligence agency to return with a report after 90 days. Um, China has actually been asking for other countries to be um, investigated as well. But it is known um, without. Like again, I'm, let me. I'm gonna say this for the final and last time. Right now, I'm just laying down the facts. But without partisan pressure, it is known that China has continuously held back information in certain. Yeah, areas. because um, in September of like 2019, when it was mm-hmm. originally discovered, that's when I think a couple scientists got sick. Yes. Right, three of them. Yes, and, but they only um, they only gave out that information. To like the December U.S. 31st. at December. Yes, absolutely. To be exact. Well, you've done your reading too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Um, one of the, the actual people um, that uh, at the forefront and um, that is very highlighted in this uh, situation, Dr. Anthony Fauci, mm-hmm. um, who is um, officially the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infections, Infectious Diseases, and he's also the chief medical advisor to the president. Um, and this NIAID organization is one that basically gives money to all these research organizations, uh, specifically verbatim. They um, conduct and support basic and applied research to better understand, treat, and ultimately prevent infections. Um, Sorry, I got through the end of page. Um, and al- aller- allergic diseases. But this is one of the big government agencies that is giving money to all these research foundations. Dr. Fauci being the one who actually moves all this money. Right. Now, let's get to the interesting part of the where the lab leak um, theory is coming from. Uh, one of the background... Uh, points that has to do with Dr. Fauci is in 2017, he reversed the ban on gain of function, gain of function research. I'm about to explain that in a second. Um, and then, then he directed, um, funding to the eco, the eco health Alliance who then they, the eco health Alliance transferred that money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to study novel bat coronaviruses. Gain of function research. Isn't that like when the, that's when, uh, scientists, they're like modifying the genetics, uh, like strands, and yes. like trying to right. um, 
chimeric mutations, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Absolutely. So um, as a brilliant American biologist, Brett Weinstein, uh, put it, uh, gain of function research is um, they're basically supercharging these and gain of function research is done across the bio- biology field but so when we say gain of function research we're talking specifically for virology so we don't have to continuously reiterate right. but it's to it supercharges the virus um, makes it transmissible to humans and basically tries to make it uh, propagate in a way to study what would happen if this got out into human society, try to come up with solutions. Um, and gain of function research is at the root of the problem, I believe. Um, since we're talking about that now anyway, before we get to talking about the actual origins of coronavirus, on the point of the gain of function research, um, I, I do remember this lab back in the day. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if it's it was the Wuhan lab, but I'm sure of a lab that did it. But um, they were performing gain-of-function research on H1N1, which is a it is a very dangerous disease, other than coronavirus, which was, what, 1% death rate or even less than that? Mm-hmm. Um, this one is 60% death rate, okay? And don't worry, there's o- over the last decade, there are only 500 deaths to um, from H1N1 by humans as compared to nice. a lightning strike which has killed 70,000 people over the last decade. Um, so it's a very low chance. The only way you can get this disease as of right now is by um, deep, deep um, interaction with uh, chicken. This is known to be... <laughs> You know I'm editing that one out. Um, but it, this is known to be contracted by farmers, right? Um, but um, this gain-of-function research <laughs> actually took this um, uh, hard transmissible. Um, not it isn't. It doesn't trans. Um, it doesn't. It's not air. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It doesn't travel through air. But the gain-of-function research allowed this to happen. Also allowed it to be transmissible through humans. So imagine. I'm pretty sure that lab leak. That lab leaked as well. But we were able it to. Did. Um, it did. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were able to. Um, take control of it so but imagine if this same if what happened at wiv happened with this h1n1 well the millions that died to covid is orders of magnitude higher right so um, they're creating venom in them labs oh uh, yeah so basically a lot of people don't necessarily agree with gain-of-function research um it has certain merits but um yeah. we can return to that now moving on time to talk about the four or should we talk about the four or the against first I think the against is a lot shorter. Okay, let's go four. You want to do four first? Okay, so we're going to talk about the things that point us towards believing that coronavirus originated in a lab, okay? So do any of you guys have any major points to say on this? That it originated in the lab? Yes, the four four points. Um, These are based on facts. Okay. I don't really have a stance on it, I don't say. Okay. But these are based on facts level. why somebody would believe it could be four. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, um, in some of the Chinese research facilities, they weren't um, using protective gear up to the safety standards that they should have been. I did not know that. So they have, like, a ranking system of, like, like you know, like, I think it's through five or something. Uh, uh, B, uh, like, BS, it's through four, BSL-4. Four. Yeah. BSL-4 four is, is the, the highest. Four. Okay, uh, so... I know that they were using, um, you said BSL? 
So it was yeah. uh, at the second level yes. of um, pr- protection, which is like a white lab coat with gloves, mm. like standard what you would see in pictures, scientists right. doing no research on. No protective wear. Yeah. And then, uh, but in reality, they should have been using the top level, which they said is four. Yeah. So um, that, that shows a lot of non-care on their, uh, on their part, which could uh, be used against them in the argument four. So I think that's a critical one. Right. Uh-huh. And also, I would just add to um, Emery's point. It's just like back in 2018, the U.S. already kind of was skeptical about what was going on in WIV just because some of the workers there were discharging like lab materials in the sewers without like the proper form of action with that. Mm. So just kind of exposing things to like sewers where like anybody can go in there or like animals, rats and different things can kind of come about and just spread that. That's also another reason that people could probably feel like they were at fault for um the coronavirus well that is not good um so along the lines of you know the gain of function research and um labs performing synthetic biology and across the board when it comes from scientific testing with things that could affect humankind like it has this time around um we know we have to be safe and we haven't made a judgment yet. This isn't saying that coronavirus absolutely came from the Wuhan lab. But I think that the fact that this that this discussion has merit is okay enough for us to start thinking about it mm-hmm. and for us to start taking action and for us to like be intent on the fact that we need to be more Oh, safe. on China's side too. Yeah. Like um the timeline if we look at like I mentioned before how like in 2019, they first uh, saw news of somebody gaining. They didn't understand what it was at yeah. that point, but they um, thought it was pneumonia. Getting, Nove- getting really sick. November it 2019. It took them. It took them a couple months to relay that information to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Whereas they should have been in c- direct communication the entire time. Yeah. So. Right. It, it gets you to wonder what were they doing in that time between. What what purpose? What logical purpose is there for withholding that information? Yes. And. I think, like, on the case of, like, somebody who's skeptical of this, who believes that it was a lab leak, yeah. that with withholding of information could probably be attributed to them not wanting the information to get out that this was a lab leak. Yes, uh, absolutely. And me, as an aspiring scientist, um, it is unfortunate because what this is causing is mistrust in science. I always said that I hate how... Um, especially people in, um, that have a political background, not a STEM background, um, just loop all sciences together as science. You'll mm-hmm. hear people on TV um, saying, yes, I trust science, or no, I don't trust science, without actually like denoting what fields within science that there are. It, goes, it, it, it is a very nested tree um, below the term of science. Um, so that's that is a problem. But since we are looping all science together, now you're affecting me, who is more uh, physics and computer science, um, because we're looping all science together. Do you trust science or do you not? Um, it's a pro- that that is a problem there. Um, but another problem that I hear about within the scientific community is the fact that they don't feel as if the public is. Um, either intelligent enough or prepared enough for certain okay. information. No, well, this is literally how they no, feel. Right. Yeah, mean, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate, but they don't feel that um, the layman, um, which is it sucks to call them that, are able to ingest certain information. So, mm. does something let's, let's when something happens? Yeah. What do you guys think about that? 
Um, I it, think it's interesting. It, it would cause a mass hysteria. Yeah, I am. I am very certain. Yeah. of that. If they mm-hmm. released all the information, I agree. Yeah. Because and that would just. Like, it would. Is given. Yeah, it would make it. But that that's where the issue we ha- we discussed this before. Uh, it's censorship necessary mm-hmm. in certain scenarios. Yeah, episode five. Yeah, in this situation, four. Mm-hmm. In this situation, uh I think a degree of censorship was necessary. Okay. okay. Just because you know it is a pandemic. Look at how people were just going crazy enough over the fact that we had to wear thin. Um, pieces of fabric over our mouths oh, boy. in public. Yeah. Imagine if they knew where, like the uh, the origin of the uh, virus came from. Yeah. And they would be looking at people to point fingers at, and they've already been doing that enough, being like skeptical about the yeah. whole thing. Right. So if they had like diehard proof mm-hmm. of that evidence, that there would be like no getting around the right. like hysteria. Yeah, I agree, it. and they would probably never trust science uh, again. And that is absolutely unfortunate. Uh, with this whole topic on the government withholding information, um, I always look, um, I always make the scenario, okay, we have all this UFO stuff going on. Right. Say that um, aliens have already visited us and say that the government knew about it. What would happen if one day, you know, CNN, Fox News, whatever, um, over internet or over national radio waves, we just broadcast, okay, yes, we have come in contact with and communicated with aliens. We're actually in an intergalactic federation of planets, right? Mm-hmm. What would happen? Um, and I do think people, I, I, you know, at first I used to always think that people would run amok, like, you know, especially within like religious um, groups. I think, uh, so. I think that, you know, people would definitely start to question. Well, no, have, their, you, have you watched the movie Monsters vs. Aliens? No. Oh God. Yeah, well, it's a great right. movie. Oh really? <laughs> I don't want to put put that in there. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I think that they would start. Um, that would cause a lot of issues. Um, people would start questioning themselves, start questioning their place in the universe, which may be a good thing. Um, but I think it would cause problems. <laughs> I, at least I used to. But then <laughs> what? Right. Which is a good thing. The insert. Oh yeah. Insert of um, opinion. <laughs> but um, then. They did start releasing this UFO stuff. They did start releasing that the cop, the uh, guards that were supposed to be looking at Jeffrey Epstein falsified records on purpose. Um, They have released the lab leak hypothesis and stuff like this. And um, all people want to talk about is still like, you know, uh, should Lin-Manuel Miranda have put darker skinned Latinos in his movie? Like, I and that's just one example. But like... I don't think like people choose what to care about, and I think people are caring more so about like you know what's popular on TikTok and stuff like that. Oh. Other than is there another species did out there in the the universe? Did you uh, did you hear about John McAfee's death? No. You know um the virus anti software um McAfee. Yeah. Yeah, the creator of that died really? in, uh, in a prison, similar to how uh, Jeffrey he suicide. Oh well, yeah. That's a that I think we need to talk about that a bit. Yeah, the these these suicide deaths in prison. Yeah, we, well, we we're, I think we're gonna and talk he, about. He definitely he said if I ever die while in custody, it was the government. Really? Yeah. We should probably talk about Epstein. I think that's episode. very. Yeah. Well, very well, more prevalent than like. Than we think. Th- yeah, mm-hmm. like a lot of times, like. 
We don't know what goes on back there. Yeah. Episode 24, we're talking about Epstein and the prison system. That, that, that might be a good topic to, to go over. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This whole thing about should uh, the government tell us everything, it's, you know, I, I, I have empathy for uh, the powers that be just because um, there is a weird interplay. Um, I was talking about this at um, dinner with my with my family, but there's like the government has to deal with all of these seesaws, right? Because right. we have the technology now to where I believe that people can be surveillance 24 seven and that probably would get rid of a lot of crime, but at the expense of what people's privacy. So with all, with like these autonomous systems that are coming out now, cameras that are able to look around corners pretty right. soon, um, things such as said, that. You said get rid of crime. I'd say more terrorism because I, the government, if we want to get conspiracy, uh, conspiratory with it, has like in, instigated a lot of crime. Oh, well, okay, like, yeah. You know, For, yeah, you're going a lot deeper than this baseline topic. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense, though. But in in... At its surface level, if everybody was already being watched, then it would be a certain sort of like um, I, pr- proactive yeah, I way think of they'd use attacking that more crime for like information gathering, though. Oh well, yeah, to, like, of course. Study, like, yeah, the tendencies of like whatever they're given society is. But it it doesn't stop. Like, if somebody right now wanted to tap through my the the camera on my laptop right now and watch us talk about the enlightened brothers podcast. Sure. They can. Yeah. I'm sure they can. Um, but it's at the expense of our privacy. So, um, I don't know. I, I think that's just an, the government does have to go through these interesting seesaws and where they decide to saw, um, you know, that, that can affect a lot of people. Um, but are we ready to move on to the actual virus? Yeah. Okay. So Did we do against, no, we are, we haven't even gotten through four. There's so many things to talk oh, about. Okay. So for uh, we haven't even gotten to one. Uh, for four, to talk let, one of people's main speculations that this was um, created in a lab. I think that I already think that uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard that a, a copy of coronavirus has been synthetically created by another lab somewhere in um in around the globe. To, like research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and um. I, there was a lot of stuff coming out of India where um, phys- uh, people in the medical field were like, this is this virus is exhibiting features that show that it may have been man-made. But um, actually, the virus hints at both. It hints that it was um, extracted from animals, um, right. from the bats, taken into the WIV lab, and then gain-of-function research was done to evolutionary progress it, as well as there are some traces of engineered pieces. Um, and the, this is purely facts here. I'm not saying this was engineered because some doctors out there disagree, but these features point to the fact that it may be engineered. If you contract so, COVID and you're a man, would that technically make you a Batman? No, it'd make you man-bat. Uh, make you man-bat. Okay. What about um, a woman? A wombat? Wombat? No, that's a, that's a wombat's the actual bat. Anyway, so the fact that it's uh, originally originating from an animal, um, that's because 
coronaviruses are known to come from bats. Um, this is prevalent in Wuhan, China. Okay, so these these are why people say that it could have come from the animal. Um, also, that many pandemics in the past have come from animal uh, animals. It is said that AIDS came from people. Uh, I think what having sex with monkeys or something like that. Mm. Uh, people are now becoming very skeptical of and that. Different as well. folks, different strokes. Okay, but. Um, it's features of its... Uh, that was funny. That was funny. Um, it's hard to oscillate between joking and seriousness, but um, that's what makes the Enlightened Brothers so awesome. But it's engineered features. Um, first things first, I think most people will bring up the uh, the furin cleavage site. Okay. And this is a term that I just learned. This is uh, something that's a part of the virus. It's within the spike proteins. The spike proteins are what tells your body uh well the spike protein in the in the vaccine is what tells your body to um basically fight off coronavirus so these spike proteins um it's communicating with the the host right so the spike protein within the the fern cleavage site um or sorry the other way around the fern cleavage site within the spike proteins um is a feature that allows uh covid to enter your cells um and this is like something that is absolutely necessary um, to give coronavirus um, or COVID-19 its infectious properties. And we have seen that in COVID-19's brothers and sisters, um, or sorry, we have not seen this uh, fur and cleavage site, actually, um, which I think is interesting. And a lot of people, especially... Um, Again, Brett Weinstein, American biologist, um, he points to this as uh, a, a major thing pointing to uh, the fact that it uh, has human engineering. So I, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's something that we should look for, though. Like, if there if there's this uh, pandemic and stuff, I don't think, like, this is the problem with the fact that the partisan nature was brought in already and we're like no uh especially the liberal side no there's no way it came from a lab it came from bats but like this is something i feel like you know that shows the 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 essence of the scientific community we research and we investigate and oh we see okay this might show that there was a human component but i also feel that with like what we learn and do research throughout the science community Mm -hmm. i feel like we should use it not to really point blame but more like discover ways to like prevent this like yeah. even further that's why yeah. i don't believe that gain of function is like really a bad thing i do think mm-hmm. that it should be of course you don't that's where you're gonna make your money <laughs> i mean i don't around. think I'm that is with you. really <laughs> i think it should be monitored of course and mm. not just done with every single virus that comes around yeah but i do think like it's a good thing like it's for preventative medicine in a sense like, yeah you don't have to always use it to like be extreme in this let's medicine. let's dig deeper into the synthetic biology perspective of this. Okay. If this virus was man-made, other than the obvious, which is like, you know, population control, what do you think the purpose was? Well, you know, um, so here's the thing. A lot of people, the people that I've listened to that have um, given information on this lab leak theory believe that it is 95% likely coronavirus came from a lab. But the fact that there was um, a malevolent player in this game, it is not known. So if you are, I guess, um, like implying that there was some some uh, malevolence in, in, in within this um, 
uh, situation, then that would be very bad. Um, anybody with the heart to uh, put something out that could kill millions, that is very interesting. Um, yeah, Hitler. And, uh, yeah, right. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know. Um, this guy, uh, somebody to look up to, he's another podcaster. His name's Lex Friedman. Uh, he actually doesn't believe that um, – this uh the, he believes this malevolence comes at a pr- at a price he doesn't believe that one can come can become so competent within a field while also having evil intentions i don't necessarily know about that i haven't done and too much study on that because well i mean we but i we, think it might be easier to do that way you think it's easier to become proficient have, at something with evil intentions yes, because yeah. through yeah. honest work it you you usually take the high road. Yeah, right. There's a or you usually might stop at a certain point but because he, your curiosity is fulfilled. It but through yeah, like through an evil nature, it becomes easier to take advantage of people. Yeah, to secure Push these positions. Mm-hmm. And you know, knowledge is available to anybody, regardless of your morality. That is true. And um, but the positioning that you can attri- uh, you can actually apply this knowledge. I think it would be easier to do with an evil nature another another I example agree. another example being mark zuckerberg um facebook is uh it, it, what it's done is amazing or phenomenal it is an, a phenomenal job um in terms of the power it's gotten to contract but um most people just see facebook as this app right but it's controlling so many things and um it, uh, its major power pull is its data and Mark Zuckerberg, right. in the very beginning, um, made the decision to extract data from these the, uh, these people. And I don't know if he did this with evil intentions, but to your point, um, if t- uh, mining people's data is evil, then somebody with absolute goodness would not have crossed into the point right. of mining this data. But if you didn't cross into that point, then Facebook wouldn't have been as powerful as it is. Yeah. Um, or do you? How do you feel about like curiosity and like? evil coinciding well you know i was just about to talk about that because uh, I, I i uh i feel like this is a this well, is a dilemma that um yeah, i have an example for that yeah, sure go ahead so like say you have a serial killer he's yeah. killing people and he's putting the body somewhere nobody can find it yeah in a private area mm-hmm. and maybe he owns that area where he's putting it okay. is it somebody's right to just because they know somebody somebody's dead there to invade his personal property and his privacy, and go find the body? Uh, I yes. mean, well, the cops do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting, I mean, that's your poly size, it's so like, that's your... No, that, I mean, this, not like, that's like just an example yeah. of like a privacy of a bad person. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Lie. Well, what I was going to say is I actually think this is a dilemma that is going to face me in the future. Um, me being a futurist and uh, the stuff that I'm going to go into researching... Um, be it artificial intelligence and nanotechnology and um, all these other other different things that I, I think about going into. Even when I talk about CRISPR, um, sometimes when I, I spew all my scientific ideas, I feel like I get put into the position as mad scientist. Sometimes I enjoy it. But I think that dilemma will face me in the future. And it is interesting. I don't know. I think if I do something, I think I would describe it as curiosity. But yeah. in a world with, you know, cancel culture and um, a lot of surface level thinking, I can see people um, instead of 
uh, characterizing it as curiosity, character characterizing it as evil. Right. I can't see that. But that's what I'm saying. Just kind of like with a lot of serial killers, their actual reason for doing what they're doing and killing so many people is just to see, like, how many can I do until I get away with it? Like, yeah. it's really, like, curiosity on their end and just, like, how far can I push myself? But I also feel like maybe people are labeling that as evil but also pushing that onto, like, the gain of function in a sense because it's kind of mm. like, how can we push this to see, like, what drugs we can develop to yeah. prevent it in the future? Well, here's well, that, the thing. Does um, a bad person deserve privacy? Would, would you guys say yes or no to that? I mean, I think that's like a federal thing. Like, no, not not a ki- in a killing sense, but like a bad person pushes a grandma on the sidewalk, walks away, doesn't help her get up. You know, uh, so well, because <laughs> well, because no, I agree. Bad person. I don't think right. so. I don't think they do. I don't think they need it because um, it, it, we we can back up a little bit and say, do they deserve, you know, civil liberties under the law mm-hmm. right? right i think once you infringe upon someone else's liberties then you then forfeit your own right correct yeah i agree so i i, I don't i don't think i no lock that it's mother effer up hard. yeah so yeah, in that in that case if it's we're locking hard. that mother effer up yeah then not mother effer they're i don't think oh. they're like i'm playing devil's advocate but Go i don't ahead. think there would be an uh anything wrong with mining these people's data so yeah. maybe if they're more selective with it, but there's like no way to really determine that, I guess. Oh well, I mean, because this it, like well, also, morality is intangible unless the, you're like expressing it. And yeah, onto other people. This is a topic we that has gone back for a while, um, and I've I've already given my piece on it. So Ari, what do you think about um, data mining? Before we get back into uh, data mining, yeah. So like, what do you think about people knowing your actions on the internet? Are you do you care? Um. Without your consent. I mean, me per uh, without your consent. I mean, yeah. me personally, I'm kind of like an open person, so yeah. it's kind of like you really knowing what I'm doing. It's not like I'm doing anything bad. So at the same time, it's kind of like. Uh yeah, dude. I don't. I don't care at all. I, I mean, mean, like, I'm not gonna say I don't care because there's like a level of privacy like that I do like feel like I should be entitled to. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like as long as I'm not stealing from people and scamming and stuff like that, then it's kind of like. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't really matter to me. I mean. I don't my search engine. <laughs> oh boy. Um I don't I don't see it I don't see it as too much of a problem. Um but that is me as myself now. You know, when I become Mr. Mad Scientist, then I might want a little bit more privacy. So right. I, I yeah. think there's an ebb and flow for sure. Now me, I'm different from these two. Um I have a lot going on in my search history. Yeah. Um, you know, searching up um dog fighting rings. No illegal streams for those yeah. uh, drugs. Yeah, I'm on the deep web a lot. You know, okay. um, like I hire hitmen on the side. Yeah, just something. That in, I mean, well, yeah. in that case, Curiosity. when you're doing yeah. stuff like that, um, Are you evil? I'm pretty evil. Wait, when you're doing stuff like that, it's not as easily that data is not as easily traced because we know, like, right. when you say, "Am I accepting the cookies?" That's when they oh, start I accept getting, all the cookies. Well, that's when they start getting your data. <laughs> Um, I've come, actually come and get me. I put cookies on my own website. Um, I mean, there's also I feel like a weird seesaw, like as Kayla was saying mm-hmm. with this, because it's like everybody. Have you ever like went on Facebook and been like, I need a lawnmower, and then somehow like Lowe's lawnmower ad pops <laughs> up? Yeah, like that's super weird. And I feel like 
that's kind of like how else did they know I wanted a lot more? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. they they're tapped into your data, they're tapped exactly. into your preferences. But so, you know, there's a degree I feel like. You know, I don't maybe. think, but I don't think anybody can give pushback on that that enjoys TikTok. Because if you enjoy TikTok, <laughs> that is the essence of TikTok. They are yeah, literally, for you page. the algorithm is literally patterned mm. to take what you have done in the past and prospect what you will enjoy in the future. Right. Um, but yeah, if you see the content on TikTok, I don't think people really care what they put on the internet anymore. Oh, uh, hey. They got somebody that agrees with them, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's the uh, digital world that we are at um, right now. Anyway, uh, to round out this uh, four for the, the lab leak um, in terms of its strands, um, uh, COVID-19 also contains a combination of nucleotides um, that underlie, so this is nested, that underlie the furin cleavage site. Um, this is called CGG. Again, I'm not an expert, so I don't know exactly what it is. But um, the this, uh, well, I mean, like, just specifically, but yes, uh I agree. Um, <laughs> I knew that, bro. You just knocked me off. My, I know. Sorry, I was yeah, just I'm saying. Sorry. Like, I don't, anyway, just um, this encodes the amino acid. Um, shoot, you know, you probably know this better than me. How do you pronounce this? this is this arginine? Arginine. Arginine. Yeah. Um, hey, cut that out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, uh, David Baltimore. Um, um, who's a Nobel laureate, uh, teaches and um, researches at Caltech. He says that viruses don't usually contain this code. Um, Kristen, what was her last name? Kristen. Uh, Porzingis? No, bro. Kristen. Stewart. Damn, where is she, bro? Kristen Anderson from Scripps Research uh, actually just disagree with him. Um, but this is something. This is something else that pointed towards engineering. Um, and another feature of COVID-19 is that it's uh, easily transmittable between um, minks and ferrets. I accidentally wrote kinks instead of minks in the notes uh. here. But um, it's easily <laughs> transmittable between minks and ferrets. And before you start saying, oh, well, this shows that it may have natural origin. Eh, slow your horses. Um, minks and ferrets actually have this ACE2 receptor that is similar to humans. So when you're testing if a virus is transmittable between humans and mm -hmm. humans and humans and humans you're going to use these minks and ferrets and ferrets and ferrets um so yeah i think that's pretty much it for the four in terms of the actual dna strand uh oh another one is um it is generally known as viruses um mutate they get weaker but we see all these mutated strands like the Indian strand, the British strand, the South American. Y'all help me out in this one. Um, yeah, but it's actually getting stronger. People use oh. the, people use this as evidence. What's it called? To point towards it being there's made a in new, a lab. There's a new mutation of it. Yeah. What's it called? Um, yeah. Beta strand. Alpha no, I think strand. I wrote it down on there somewhere. Really? Oh. But uh. I definitely see where Caleb is coming from with yeah. that point, where it's kind of like it's weird that most of the mutations like get weaker as they're yeah. like progress. But with this one, it's like it's growing, yeah. if anything. Yeah. So I can mm -hmm. definitely see why that would be a reason for the foresight. Yeah. Hey, search up the name real quick, like of the uh, new COVID strain. Delta Plus? 
Delta? Delta variant is the new no, one. No, Delta variant. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the Delta variant. Um, also, this one is another one I picked up on in my research. I don't exactly know about it, but um, like I don't know how much, how significant this is, but uh, you know, animals live outdoors. COVID-19 is primed for indoors. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe the virus just evolved once it got to humans, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not an expert in evolutionary biology, but I don't think it would happen as quick as it did. So mm-hmm. that, that may also point to uh, the fact that it was, you know, lab-made, lab-assisted. And also, um, right in the beginning, before the U.S. knew about it, 30 people that were actually like either relatives or like actual workers within WIV came into the hospital with like cases of pneumonia, which was mm. actually COVID, but people thought it was like pneumonia. And when was this? Before December 31st. Yeah. Woo. So. But okay, Ari, um, let me ask you about this. Uh, I don't know if you've, have you heard about the, the global viral project? No. Okay. So the global viral project is $1.2 billion dollars. Um, being nice. given to, uh, to gain-of-function research. So a lot of people who are uh, disagreeing with gain-of-function research are like, what the hell, y'all? Gain-of-function research is why we were in the pandemic. Now you're giving $1.2 billion for more research. Let me read out their mission statement. Um, to stimulate the development of an innovative network of public, private, philanthropic, and civil organizations to detect the majority majority of our planet's unknown viral threats to human health and food security to prepare for and stop future epidemics. Mm. So that nice. is what they want to do. Um, Gain-of-function research. So... Uh, what do you think about this, uh, you know, big stack of cash given to the Global Viron Project? Um, that is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. However, Chump change. personally, I just feel like, yes, the pandemic, if people feel as though like gain of function and all of that is what kind of put us in this predicament. What about all the times like gain of function was used and actually like helped us? Yeah, that is true. Medicine? So COVID is the so, one bad apple? No. Well, yes and no, but see, the problem is, is it's a perspective concern because mm-hmm. labs do leak. Labs right. tend to leak. That is the problem. Right. And that, I agree with that. Yeah. I just feel like if we are putting so much money and time into gain of function, it needs to be monitored more closely. Mm-hmm. So it needs to only be given to or distributed to labs that have that level for safety. Mm. I feel like. Okay. So yeah. then, and then is actually documented that they're being disposed of properly within its proper ways, not through sewers, if that was the case. So we need more, we need more transparency. Right. And I feel like just being more strict on it, period, because that's a lot of money for labs to leak as often as they do. So, right. Let me ask you this then. Um, Let's say since the only virology lab I know is Wuhan, right? Right. Let's say Wuhan says, oh, you too. (laughs) Let's say, um, you know, we suspect um, there is going to be a, a mutated version of a disease that comes from dolphins, okay? Um, and uh, we think that it's going to transmit from dolphins to humans within the next five years, and we are going to accelerate, we're going to uh, obtain this virus, and we're going to accelerate it in the lab in order to prepare for this. You think that is okay? If they're level f- well, wait If they're level four. Because here's the thing about the transparency. If they give out this information, people are going to panic. You know, why Why do I assume the best out of people? 
people might not even care because they care about uh, other things uh, going on. But there will right. be but there will be, there will be a, a there will be a group of people that are like, "Yo, what are y'all doing? Why? What if this leaks? Then we're screwed because there is a fifty if because COVID was so we we gave we got such a break and to anybody that. Um, has lost someone or has been deeply affected by COVID-19. Um, right. um, I do have empathy and I, I am sorry for what happened, but this was certainly a few, like a few, because what if other than the low percentage death rate it was, what if it was like H&N1 and 60%? Boy, oh boy, would civilization could have been over. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I definitely do agree, but in that case, me personally, with knowing that, let's say this was like a lab leak and knowing yeah. that they stayed at a level two safety mm-hmm. for so long, give that, give your theory or your idea to another reputable, reputable um, okay. group, if that makes sense. Okay. Not, Wuhong doesn't have to okay. take that on, I feel like, especially with the lab leak that they've already had. Because they're yeah, a lower that, It yeah. goes beyond science at that point. Because the world will look for somebody to blame, and that's going directly on China. That'll affect all their industries. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be a, a pointing of a finger. It's right. more of like, how do we fix this? Like, I've, there wasn't really a need to be like China this, China that. I feel like it's just more like, well, what can we do now? Well, yeah. actually, how let's can talk. We control it. Let's talk about the partisan nature. Before we go on to the partisan nature, though, I did want to uh, offer a solution. Um, me. Being a lover of autonomous um, systems and, you know, creating intelligent systems, I believe the here's the pros and cons of um, outsourcing this gain of function research to artificial intelligence. The pros are, well, you don't actually create the virus and it's not going there's not something that a lab leak. A physical lab leak wouldn't happen and start the COVID-19 pandemic. The problem is data leakage. Now, and this gives um, an even better uh, opportunity for the malevolent malevolent player like you talked about before, Emery. Um, This, if the data got out, if somebody had the code to create a virus that can end civilization, that would be very bad. So the pros are that you don't create this physical thing, but... Data does tend to be leaked. Data there there is a hacking a hacking component. There's a hacking issue with that. And if this is, uh, is tapped into, if it, if it is hacked, that would also be a problem as well. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know. Um, I tend I tend to believe that um, there's whenever there's a solution, I, I tend to just uh, think you know computerize it, and make it autonomous. But that is one uh, thing that I'm gonna have to do more research on. Definitely. All right, now um, let's move on to the partisan um, nature of this entire situation. Should we do that, or should we talk about the against first? Against. Against. Okay, we're gonna go go to against first. That's probably why I ordered it in the notes is against. Um, so now we're gonna do a quick run through of why people say this wasn't a lab leak and this originated from the animal kingdom. Um, actually, most scientists. Um, will say that this had a natural or, or, or origin, meaning it came from animal to human. Right. Um, like I said before, it came from the bats. Um, scientists have found that COVID-19 is similar to this I don't know, RATG-13, 
Um, I don't know mm-hmm. the actual name of it, but um, this was found uh, in a horseshoe bat. Apparently, um, this may be old research, um, but when this research came out, they said it was 96% um, similar to it's coronaviruses. Uh, you know, I don't know. When it, that might be a misleading number, this 96%, because um, I think I think all, like, I don't know, viruses aren't, aren't conscious you know, I don't know. Viruses may or may not be conscious. Conscious, and I don't know if you call, vir- say, a virus is alive. But I think all like biological like creatures, I guess, are are very similar. Like in a certain I'd way, I'd say a virus but, is alive. Yeah, because yeah. it must it needs I mean, certain it conditions to act, uh, activate and exactly then transfer. But like but humans are ninety nine percent similar. So like ninety six percent. Yeah. That four percent is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's yeah. A, a yeah. Well, listening to who was that? Mike Hansen. Mm-hmm. Mike Hansen. He was talking about basically that ninety-nine percent of humans, or um, I just said that. Yeah, are relatively relatable to chimps. Oh, oh! I thought you were saying my bad, my bad, my bad. My bad. No, I. You know, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cut you off. My bad. Say it again, <laughs> no, and I'll okay. edit it out. But they were basically saying that um, Mike Hansen said that chimps are 99 percent relatable to humans, but that one percent is like just makes a huge difference. So yeah. that's what they were. That's how it relates to that 96 percent because that four percent is definitely going to be what makes all the difference. Yeah, I mean, evidently, I mean, I, I don't see a chimp um, sitting in the chair you are right now. Yeah. But, yeah, and um, as I said before, nine, I always talk about this, not, humans are 99% clones of each other. If a super intelligent um, species came in, they would look at us like we look at all brown bears because we look at all brown bears as just like the same, like the same right. renditions of another animal. I'm sure a super intelligent species would look at us all the same in the same way. Um, but that's that's pretty much it for the against. Um, Dr. Fauci, as I said before, talked about how um, talked about how uh, you know pandemics in the past have all come from the animal kingdom. So sure. that's a uh, honestly, I haven't done much. Uh, I haven't done as extensive research as I've done on the fact that it has leaked from a lab. I haven't matched that with um, facts that um, it came from the animal kingdom. I think that is because it is not as available. And this availability of information, I think, stems from the the partisan nature of this entire situation. But um, before that, you ahead. left out one key um, perspective on this. What? That COVID is a hoax. <laughs> uh, I think, and the, and yeah. the f- people that blame Fauci for it all. <laughs> Wait, like, so COVID, oh, wait, the COVID is a hoax, people? Wait, COVID isn't real? Like, yeah. it wasn't ever a disease? Not, not a hoax. People th- dying from the placebo effect. Oh. <laughs> wait, what? No, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. I think also there's a group of people that believe that when they say COVID is a hoax, it's more that it was genetically, like, engineered. Like, yeah, it wasn't, okay. Like, it was more of, like, man-made fully and not really, like, in place within bats. Some people yeah. really do think that, like, and the it anti-maskers that yeah. um that too and just believe that it doesn't exist at all yeah that they're like it's just a government scheme and they're like really killing other people through other means yeah i believe that's ignorance but yeah that's um that's interesting i don't know i mean Stuff like that. yeah that we're technically like only in our second wave i believe i'm not actually sure but mm. that there's different ways of it so yeah this might be in just another wave because to me in our area in our neighborhood 
the amount of COVID is definitely more, it's less than it, it used yeah. to be. Like yeah, people are being minimal. very more like precautious and even with the vaccine now and still wearing masks, like not that many people are contracting COVID as it once was. Right. Uh, I don't know. That's interesting. So maybe we, with this new Delta version, do we need more, you know, uh, that was interesting with like, I'm sure the, they planned the, ahead for like that's, the I'm sure distribution of the vaccines and all that. Yeah. I'm sure with, within, cause I always, one thing I always wanted to know, I wish I had the, uh, biological background to understand what is actually in, inside the mRNA vaccine. Like what is it? What are they actually putting in me? Like I get like the conceptual thing and that may be all the knowledge I need, but like the actual individual pieces of what they're putting into me. And like what it is that fights it off. Uh, like, no, like I understand what it's doing, but like, just like each, like the, the chemical, like what are these? Like, what is it? Like, what, what is, it is its do? code? Yeah. All these okay. different pieces put together. Right. Um, but yeah, maybe there was sort of like, maybe it is preemptive in the fact that it may fade, fight against other variants or maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, well, shoot, I'd hate for another lockdown. I tell, let me tell you that. Um, yeah, that was annoying. Um, but okay, so on to the partisan nature. Uh, so this this pandemic goes all the way back to Donald Trump, and oof. Um, I think I can say this without getting canceled. But China virus. Well, yeah, no, not that. At, <laughs> it, that not that itself, but yeah, Trump calling it the uh, China virus. He he was he um may have been wrong thinking that. China was enacting biological warfare, but the whole lab leak theory in general um, was first, I guess, popularized by Trump in March. So, um, in pure hatred from for Trump, um, whether merited or not, the other side in the media has completely tried tried to completely debunk the whole lab leak theory. So, from that point, Donald Trump saying that this came from a lab. Um, the whole left, um, the, the left, which has a very large grasp on the media, that's why we see cancel culture and things like that, has um, made this lab leak theory into something that is racist, um, that or they, they call racist, into something that um, they say needs to be censored. Mm-hmm. And that's why many people who tried to talk about this before were censored. We did leave something out of the four part. Mm. You, you were right about the Trump thing. And, you know, Trump... As much as people wanted to call Trump ignorant, yeah, and I would agree to some agree, mm-hmm. uh, degree, um, Donald Trump was the president, and the president does have his cabinet that advises him. Mm-hmm. And he, I know he loved doing his talking, yeah, but I'm sure like some of his talking was based on some information because he's not just gonna go saying anything, you know. Yeah, we hope not. So. What? I disagree. I think Trump would say kind of. Oh, you think, yeah. But I think he would say things because it benefits him. Yeah. Personally, not just saying like, oh, he's just crazy. Like, he's just going to go say something. Yeah. But more of like, he'll say it and it might seem extreme, but it's because it benefits him. Yeah. But for those people that are arguing for it, Mm -hmm. I think it maybe for them, it could hold more credibility due to it coming from the president. Okay. Yeah. Both of you are probably right. If it was from someone eating a bat, bats are dirty. <laughs> and yeah. I say this not with like... Racial intent. Yeah, yeah no, not like that. Because it could have been a, a black person eating a bat. Yeah. But it's just like... In a vacuum. You you really have to think about where did your food come Prepar- from. The bre- correct yes, preparation like, of your food. Correct. 
I'm not gonna eat chicken that's been sitting out for days. Boy, that's you know you won't eat that chicken, bro. No, like raw chicken, like just to <laughs> eat a, a bat. Joke. Like, <laughs> no, for real. I even see people just eating like squids and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like, you really like, there's certain ways to cook things for a reason. You can't just yeah. kill it and deep fry it. Yeah. And that's with anything and any race and at all. But it's just like where you got to see where your food is coming from. Bats are dirty. But also, I don't know. I people feel eat like bugs all the time everywhere. Yeah. They do. But I also feel like it food. is what you grew up on. Yeah. If you grew up on eating bats or eating cockroaches or worms, then maybe your body is kind of used to that. Maybe you built up immunity to some things that was residing within that. Worm disease. But if you're just kind of, you know, you live off fried chicken or you live off whatever else and then you decide to eat a bat. You got to think about these things. No, she right. Because people eat escargot all the time. Right. That's and just snail. That. It's what not if they gonna... got mad snail disease? Right. Right. If, if a snail was, you know, a part of their everyday diet, then, of course, their body's going to be built a little bit different to where they're a not going to get sick from A snail real good, it. by the way. But I can go no to cap. a different country and eat a, eat a cockroach and be sick as hell. You know, like, you got to think about these things. Cockroach. Personally, I'm not saying it's really a culture thing yeah. because if they grew up and they were eating bats, then you know, of course, the More regular bat—they're just gonna think like, "Oh, it's another bat." Just yeah. like how I eat baked chicken. Oh my god, I said chicken. Yeah. Let's say I eat salmon every week. Like Isn't my body, so different. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, do, I really do eat salmon every week. But say I'm eating salmon every week, like, and I've been doing that since I was five years old. My body is—I'm usually not gonna get sick off of salmon. Yeah. And you know, you know what? completely obliterates any um uh, any viruses that stem from animals you are veganism uh yeah i mean from animals at least yeah you're completely right even though i mean they may catch something from some corn (laughs) but yeah you're you're (laughs) right that stems from animals from animals you're yeah you're right Mm -hmm. that is true um i don't know I just like it baffles me the toxicity within our country. Um I just don't like that we have to pick sides. Like yeah. why is it so bad for me to stay indifferent? You know? Yeah. Or or just to be like, Oh, I see your side or I see your side. I feel like it's always like especially with this election that just rolled around, mm-hmm. it's like your team A or your team B. There's not an in between. Yeah. I think I I definitely take from both sides. And I think it's absolutely right. And I think most people take things from both sides but like we keep pushing to the extremes all that is on tv is extremism and we keep pushing towards extremes and like it's unfortunate for our country i've always been a type of person to i want both sides of the story before i believe anything most people are in the middle we talked about i forgot what episode it was but there's an extreme left and extreme right episode six dang this man got it with the episodes sorry eight sorry nope sorry not six eight Eight. The middle. That's the biggest part. If yeah. we're li- if we're looking at like uh uh a line, what's it called? A line graph? A line graph. Yeah. The middle area. That's the that's the that's where the meat is. Oh yeah. That's oh, you're talking the about the, oh you're talking about the uh, the parabolic curve. Yep. But what's Not highlighted? A curve, just like a line, you know? He- Most of the space oh! lies in the middle. Well yeah, yeah I get you. yep, I get what you're saying now. But what's highlighted I think is what's kind of driving our society yeah, crazy which is the what's extreme. highlighted yeah it's both extremes really yeah. like that's what's highlighted and it's kind of crazy because it's like why can't you just provide both sides right 
But once again, I think that kind of also ties back to like censorship and whatnot. Well, it sucks. And now people think of Democrats as just, you know, cancel culture, um, hate power structure type of people. And people think of Republicans as rich and racist. And I mean, there are that there is that in both sides. But it is not true because um, it's not true in an overall median um, sense, because I mean, I take things from both sides for sure. Um, the fact that I believe that there should be inclusion. I think that uh, we are all created equal. I don't think there should be racism and discrimination and stuff like that. That would definitely be like my my social liberal side. But on the other hand, I you know me being an entrepreneur, I am certainly a capitalist, and economically, I may ag- I may agree with uh, some more conservative point of views, but like. I definitely feel like anyone businessy. Yeah, but I could say something on TV and, you know, me even just being my my problem is like you can get attacked for every little iota of what you do. And, you know, people who are popularized are assumed to be perfect because, you know, I could be, you know, let's just say all my I have all these different ideas. Let's say I'm running the Newman Space Company, right? I could be sending us to different planets, but I could screw up and, or not even just screw up, I could have this certain idea on, you know, how we should be taxed. Let's Uh, say I I don't believe that the rich should be taxed 60%, right? I could get demonized for that. And regardless, if you want to stay neutral on any stance, they're going to find a way to group you. Yeah. Caleb would be called anti-cancel culture just now. Probably. Like for all these ideas. Shit, I am. <laughs> so, um, okay. But one thing I will say, I just feel like if you do feel one side, feel one way that definitely pertains to one side, do not debunk or neglect the other side. At least respect it. At least acknowledge it. I feel like a lot of people just don't acknowledge it. But people, people pump in their livelihood. Like it's, it's, it's weird. like they people throw their whole selves and emotions into these, um, into this like our our political paradigm. And now it's like, okay, now I hate. I hate Republicans. If if I if I even see somebody wearing a red hat, like I have a story of of. Um, I know I I can't you know what I heard the story I can't attach the faces to it but mm-hmm. it was an interesting story um oh yeah I know exactly who it was but it's like somebody was uh my friend she was wearing a red hat it happened to be a red Nike hat but without seeing the Nike emblem another Trump supporter uh he was like yeah rock on or something like that make America great <laughs> yeah. again but just seeing a red hat <laughs> like people are throwing in their whole selves to a freaking red hat. Now, what if he said that to a blood? Uh, right. <laughs> exactly. You know I don't know. I just think the the I and when did I when did I coin this term? What episode was it? My memory's been am- amazing. This, this man, episode. You're real comfortable. I want to point that out. Yeah, Got your toes out on camera. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> well, see, in my pers- the, that the the yeah. little white thing's covering it, so been, I couldn't I've even tell. Watching. But <laughs> I'm, I'm very comfortable. Um. Anyway, when when did I coin the term on this podcast? Uh. Uh, binary divisiveness that uh, that could have been uh, i mean i didn't make up the words but i usually i use it a lot yeah um um like in writings and talking on this podcast i talk about the binary i call it binary divisiveness like what has come of our of our of our nation and it's just you know 
it's been turned into good versus evil. Why is it good versus evil? Shoot, who knows? And there's no good or evil. No. No, I mean, there is. I think, fundamentally, there's a lot of good. Like uh, Autobots versus Decepticons. That is good versus evil. No, it's not. What, why not? Because the Decepticons are fighting for what they believe in. Well, that, yeah, that's okay. their and, just cause. Yeah, but and the Autobots I you meant, have their just cause. I thought you meant... I thought you no, meant... I you know their name people. is I thought They're you meant. killing people, though, or other Transformers. They are killing. But Autobots. For for what they be, I think both are, both are right. That's I thought you're the same as like killing like animals for us. We don't see it as like we see it as something that we need. But the cow community sure sees or vegans exactly. or vegetarians sure see it as evil. They're robots. They don't well, care I about like, us. I like meat. Okay, I'm not gonna go vegetarian or vegan. Yeah. Sorry. So we're yeah. in a sense, are we evil? Yeah. I don't really see? care if you call me. You evil. could say yes or no. It's well, evil. It's I think I think we've just I I think we've just like basically debunked the whole good versus evil um nature of our country which is good versus evil is a subjective there's good subjective matter there's good there's evil and there's justice and i know that it might sound a little bit confusing but the three are very different okay are you evil huh I, you me. already asked that i said yes mm-hmm. but um on another <laughs> <laughs> wow on on another point well yeah there's like uh there's those pr- primary three and i think like True enlightenment is realizing that there, there's no meaning to good or evil because that shows values that you place on things. Yeah. What well, is like truly just in society? I think that's what's really important. Well, me and my um, monk mindset development, I went deep into uh, um, Hindu spirituality and reading the Bhagavad Gita. Um, it says that the this good versus evil nature um comes from these it, the book calls it sense objects um but i think i um you know i actually I, I talked about this on the on the the story on the show on the podcast before probably episode 11 yep episode 11 um the three gunas with with uh sattva tamas and there's another one, Sattva Thomas, and another one, another term that because I don't speak Hindu, it actually slipped through the cracks. But um, Sattva being the basically um, in layman's terms, like the angelic state, pure, pure goodness. Um, there is a middle, a middle ground, which is where like motivation and dedication and um, like the middle ground uh, emotions and like. Uh, drives yeah. come from and then there being the bottom layer being thomas you know which is a uh, what i think within psychology it's like the three selves or something and it's okay. like i it and self i think uh-huh. it is but basically one acts off of pure like emotion like uh-huh. kind of anger or aggression yeah and another one is like clear thinking mm-hmm. and then another one is just like purely off of like what you believe is right it just kind of reminds me of that there's three different levels to it and it depends on like where you act off of. yeah and regardless of whichever philosophy you drive this from um because i think that all these things start to culminate together maybe it's the physicist in me um but we know that it all comes of the same thing it comes of the same origin and noticing that emory you talk about the true enlightenment noticing this that all of these emotions and all all of these different characterizations of may it be good evil malevolent um awesome whatever right they all come from the same place in noticing that receiving that enlightenment you get a greater scope on the nature of reality and i agree like buddhism 
the term enlightenment, I, I don't know if it was coined from Buddhism, uh-huh. but it was definitely popularized through it, um, through Buddha himself, because he re- he was a human who reached enlightenment, and he was then revered as a god, and yeah. therefore he became a god. Yeah. So um, I just think true enlightenment, if that's even attainable, what somebody would call true enlightenment, I think it would differ for everybody. But if that state is really attainable, then, you know, we're made in the image of God. So okay. taking that concept from Buddhism, I don't think we could, it's impossible to become God because there's only one God. But I think it is possible to, like, reach peak. Yeah. Humanity's peak. Well, right. they, well, I don't, like, like I said, these are all, all different um, philosophies and um, me just studying Hindu philosophy for a while, like, the, their perspective is, like, to in order to get because their perspective on life after death is a little different than christianity um that they actually do have reincarnation they do have a heaven in which you basically get this clock and um and this is paraphrasing a lot but the amount of good stuff that you do you turn the clock and you wind up the clock and then as the good stuff that you've done in your life, it winds down and then you get reincarnated again after you serve your time in heaven. Um, but there is reaching this true enlightenment, right? And in that, you become you become God. You because they believe that, um, and without using terms, but uh, Krishna is the God, and Krishna is everything, right? Um, and in this everything, when you reach this true enlightenment, you become a part of everything. Yeah. So, I don't I know. There's there's different, like I said, there's all, different ways of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, we're all linked to um, each other. Yeah, from, yeah. A, from a scientific point of view, um, you know, uh, using using uh, the awesome energy to mass uh, um, convergence equation, e, e equals mc squared, Um when we die off, whatever whatever we are, we become we 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 decay. But you know, energy is always conserved, and we become a part of the universe. Yeah. So there is all these different ways of giving this perspective. I, I think it's interesting. And I love this podcast because we just got here from talking about the partisan nature of how people. Yeah, are, I don't know how. Um, <laughs> how yeah. people perceive the COVID situation. So oh, yeah, I was I just about to question. say that. How do we get here? But, yeah, go ahead. So do you guys think you that it's within everyone to reach enlightenment in a sense? Mm. Or true enlightenment as if Do they all have the potential? Do you think I, it, well, do you, are you think yeah. today it is possible? For anybody to do it? Of course. Mm-hmm. I think at any stage of mankind because i definitely believe that i would be able to do it maybe that's just arrogance on Uh my part but would it be true enlightenment is what i'm saying from wait what would what be oh if you reached it me part me personally right now i don't think and this isn't like saying y'all are bad people or anything go ahead but it's just like has our experience and how we dealt within life right now going to set us up to reach true enlightenment. I think we could get very close, but is it going to be like a true enlightenment? Because if it goes off of, I believe you were talking about Hinduism, Mm -hmm. then it's like you reached an enlightenment to where you now become seen as like a god and like you become as everything else. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yes and no, because in, in that sense, I don't think the opinions of others would hold any meaning to you because that's a part of true enlightenment. Yeah. So what they deem you as wouldn't matter, but 
I think even like a killer could probably achieve true enlightenment yeah. if they properly repent and they properly okay. begin to see how life, mm-hmm. um, like they, whatever true enlightenment um, would like need. For. But like, yeah. yeah, I think like the world would. Well, as a Christian, I think God would have already destroyed the world if nobody possessed the ability to reach that point. Well, I think uh, from a, re- a religious perspective, I think um, that people would be, I think the people are created to reach this state. Right, because uh, they're yeah. made in the image yeah. of God. And I'm bringing it back to anime yeah, go with ahead. Record of Ragnarok. Okay. Sorry, Caleb might be a spoiler. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> go ahead, bro. You are spoiling it, though. So I've... in the second episode. Oh, I already episode, watched that. The second season. Not second season. The second match oh, is yeah. Adam versus. Adam who? Like Adam and Eve Adam? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, bro. No, I'm <laughs> Adam Don't versus, spoil it. I already talk, I talked about it last episode. You, I probably already said it. Zeus. 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 Okay. So it's kind of like not creator, but, you know, within Greek mythology, Zeus is the strongest after beating his father and whatnot. It's just like Adam. He's able to possess God, godly power, because he's made in the image of God. Just had to bring it there. Okay, okay. I I, I, I plugged my ears for a little bit of it, but, uh, yeah, you spoiled it. Yeah, but Watch I think guys. this is good. a perfect time to wrap up the COVID discussion. Okay. And since we're already on the topic of philosophy and get into the next topic, what do, will you uh, do for every episode? Oh, you want to talk about Art of War? The Art of War, the next chapter. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if you're re- new to the podcast and you haven't been watching, so far we've been covering the Art of War a um, war strategy book written by Sun Tzu. I'm not sure what year. A very long time ago. And um, two. Hmm? Two. That was the year two. I'm sure it wasn't two. I was confused. But yeah, um, this is a war strategy book, and it's designed in order for generals to know how to lead their armies into victory. But there are a lot of philosophical. Um, takes that you can get from this book um, regarding war. And we're now on chapter four, which is tactical dispositions. And, you know, these chapters are pretty long, so I'll take a couple of the principles that I like from each, and then we'll discuss them. So for this one... You said the chapter is called what? Tactical, tactical dispositions. Okay. All right, so I'll go from principle one through four to begin. It begins by saying, Sun Tzu said, The good fighters of old first put themselves beyond the possibility of defeat and then waited for an opportunity of defeating the enemy. The second principle says, to secure ourselves against defeat lies in our own hands, but the opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. Mm. I'll let that sink in. Y'all got that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Third, thus the good fighter is able to secure himself against defeat, but cannot make certain of defeating the enemy. For hence the saying, one may know how to conquer without being able to do it. <coughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay. I like got those. It? All right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this so is definitely tough. I was just going to ask, um, we could cut this out. How are you going to, because we're going to obviously discuss yeah. all of them. How, which order are you going to go? Four to one or one to four? One to four. Okay. So nice. then like repeat it again and then talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this one is in a literal sense. This mm-hmm. chapter deals with um, war in a literal sense. And Sun Tzu referenced the fighters of old. And this is a book old, uh, a book old, an old book. So uh, 
fighters of old, he probably talking about, you know, Adam and Eve. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it says the good fighters of old first put themselves beyond the possibility of defeat and then waited for an opportunity of defeating the enemy. Basically, you get, yeah, you can get this what this is saying to me is that you must first allow yourself to allow yourself to see victory. I think it's discussing Period. confidence. Yeah. Because if you go into a if you go into a battle and the uh, the opportunity to be defeated is present, then the opportunity to be defeated will present itself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just confidence in your confidence in you, confidence in your troops. And I think it's the mindset that will lead you to victory. Yeah, I mean people who are into manifestation, I think this speaks directly to them. Um, it's, it's that, that pure belief is that unwavering, unwavering belief or faith or mm -hmm. know the know how, um, like when I think about my dreams, I don't ever think about, uh, failure. Um, you know, that's just kind of always how I operated. Um, when it came to even, even when you have those little pieces of doubt, you understand that that is coming from your lower self. And you want to uh, quell those as much as possible. Um, so if I were to act in my higher self, then uh, I, I would just I would have this unwavering confidence. Mm -hmm. right. um, I agree with both of you guys. I also kind of now this is just like food for thought, but I also kind of took it more of like, you know, sometimes you have to break yourself down to like your lowest form in a sense mm -hmm. and then realize your strengths and build upon that. Okay. So where you now can see an opportunity of like strength and yeah. prevail mm -hmm. through that form. Right. So I kind of took it more of like internally like realizing what it is that you can bring to the table and mm -hmm. then building off of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I always say, I think a, a little sense of pessimism is necessary for you to have a realistic take on what you're capable of. So like basically what Ari said. All right, now on to the second principle. To secure ourselves against defeat lies in our own hands. But the opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. I would love to go into this first. Go ahead. Because um, this, uh, I, I actually, um, I take pride in having like a high... Uh, knowledge of emotions and having emotional maturity and whenever I talk to people about their emotions this is probably the main thing that I point towards it is and if you view uh, your bad or um, your the emotions you no longer want to have as the enemy then I always say like you are truly in control of how you feel like if somebody makes you jealous or makes you upset, that is, and I am a believer of so, um, mostly from you deciding to feel this way. You don't, you, you can't necessarily, you can change your emotions, but in order to, uh, the best way of changing your emotions is changing your scope, changing your view on the world. Um, so I, I think this just, like, when I first heard this quote the first time you ran through all four of them, that was just the first thing that clicked mm -hmm. into my head. Yeah. And if you think of it, like, in a physical sense, if you yourself are a fortress with no no cracks in it, no area that you could possibly be penetrated, and another person is a fortress with a crack in it, mm -hmm. regardless of how m many times they go over, like, the exterior of your fortress, they, will, they won't find an opening. But you, 
solid, solid in yourself, you'll know that you have no opportunity to be defeated. But if you go look for them, who is not solid within themselves, there is always an opportunity for defeat. Episode eleven, I speak on. Episode eleven, I speak on um, the stoic. Um, the, the, I guess the, the stoic theory of the inner citadel mm-hmm. and uh, what you said is pretty much exactly what it is. This is just put like put to pen and paper, um, but it is called the, the inner citadel. And it is it basically is that because this whole thing of you create your emotions, you decide what your emotions are. I get it from the school of stoicism. And it comes from the fact that, OK, in speaking about these emotions, yes, there, there, the inner citadel is something that it is impenetrable by the outside. Okay, well then, how is derision caused? How are these issues caused? The only logical sense is it must come from the inside. So, yeah. Adventure Time has an episode on that. Really? Okay, well, oh, wow. this is obviously it's this. Into the citadel. Obviously, this <laughs> propagates all. Obviously, this propagates all of humankind. And right. to to notice this, I think, is a strong trait to have. I mean, I also feel like anytime I'm always down or upset, my mom is the first person that's like, only you can make yourself that feel that way. Yeah. Only you can make yourself happy. Only you can make yourself sad. So why allow others to do that? Yeah. And I always tell people, use more words. People think people get upset over. I just I don't know how I can't describe how I feel. And I show little sympathy to that just from the fact that well, I show sympathy, but I also like don't sit in that. I I am the biggest proponent of not living life passively. I said that in my speech, but like, dude, do something about it. Don't say you feel had sappy, sappy had <laughs> sad had sappy sad happy mad glad. Use a paragraph to decide to, to decide how you feel. Because instead of saying, "Oh, I'm upset," once and I, I go through this exercise with myself countless of times during the day. But once you get past a few sentences of describing this uh, uh, overarching upset nature, it ends up coming back to yourself. Because instead of "Oh, Susie got Susie made me upset," Susie made me upset because. No, 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 no. By the time I get on into like three sentences, oh shoot, this is my fault. Okay, even if it may, to somebody else's perspective, not be your fault. You, by internalizing that it is your fault, then okay, I can easily fix this within oneself. Right. Now this person, yeah, this person will never make me feel this way again. Right. Mm. But I feel like that's always the first stage or first step within being internally happy is just like acknowledgement. And also recognizing that, like, you can change that. Absolutely. You can fix that. And I think it's okay to have those cracks in your fortress because um, we said it, like, um, in the last episode, but those losses are what makes you stronger because you, you learn from it every, th- every single time. So, you know, maybe their fortress may not have any cracks and yours might not either, but eventually, let's say it will break. But yours will have like a higher, I don't know. Right. Health no, I think you want to um, staying along in terms of the cracks. Um, we are all cracked, okay? But um, you want to optimize your crackage to uh, better your life. So oh, wherever wherever you are cracked, you want to learn these lessons. You don't want to learn lessons hard, um, like you know, 
wearing a condom during sex. The lesson you don't want to learn is you don't want to learn the lesson by having a kid at 14. You want to learn the lesson by, you know, maybe you make another mistake, but you know, you don't, you're at least you're not having a kid. Right. So you want to learn lessons. You just don't want to learn these lessons harshly. And by taking advantage of the cracks that you have, you don't want to, you don't want to, have to go through the same situation again. Yeah. Like right. my thing is, okay, I made a mistake. Never again. Never and I'm and you got both of you guys know I'm, I'm very hard on myself. But I tell myself, if it's something that I'm really internalizing, I'm really having a problem over a mistake that I made, I just say, never again. Never again. And if you're able to never again enough times in your life, then I think your life will be like you'll start to reach that peak that you guys right. were talking about. And just to kind of add off of that, I also feel like you want to always put yourself in a position to where you can learn from others' mistakes. Yeah. Not just where you have to go through something and realize like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But like hearing Emery go through something, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that too. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like sometimes you do for some people in their personalities, they have to go through things themselves and they have to fall and get the back up. But me personally, okay, you did that. I'm not going to do that. Like, I feel like I'm in a position to where I can set myself up to where I see that that's an issue. I don't have to go through that to realize, like, that's an issue. Yeah, I've always been an analyst of people. So hmm. Me too. I'm a so people watcher. looking at other people, would this be uh, an artificial form of experience? <laughs> would would, would taking... Because oh, because no, because Caleb because you know how because, <laughs> like, because you know, know how I feel I feel like I I feel like you guys are caught already but um that's that's why Here's his futuristic I guess coming so out in his AI. yeah so <laughs> would, would you say that taking from others' experiences is a form of I, I guess like or learning from others isn't this a form of like artificial experience I agree because I always feel like it's like a conscious thing like i always feel like not outer body Mm -hmm. but like i always feel like i'm above myself like watching something else yeah so it is kind of like AI-ish, but I also think that's just my comment. Oh my God, when have I ever been anti-AI? Oh, I'm not talking about AI specifically, but Ari was already on the right track. I'm not talking about AI, but yes, this is a um, uh, this is this is a, a, a <laughs> some way of you know having an artificial experience, using something outside of oneself to better oneself. This is artificial in a sense, yeah. Um, so when I want to uh, better my lifespan. Um, my ability to use CRISPR is now 100% justified. So I no longer think we have to discuss this on the show anymore because now that um, my anti-CRISPR people have, have, you know, you guys hear it, that now that they have declared that, you know, an artificial means of bettering, one, bettering oneself is okay, then I will now live my hundreds of centuries in order to. Uh, I was you talking know, use about on a mental level, bro. Go ahead and upload your brain I to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I, about I, am, no I am not a cloud person. Oh, but you However, guys, why aren't you functioning in absolutes? Okay, I'm you. obviously playing devil's advocate here. Hey. Okay, you, you hear that? You hear that media? You hear that media? You guys need to function in absolutes. If you guys think that you can use artificial means of bettering yourself, then okay, now it goes all the way to you upload yourself to the cloud and living forever i don't think that's artificial because then you could call all learning no 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 that's not what i'm talking about yeah Uh, then you could call all learning artificial Mm -hmm. oh you're talking about like yes okay oh coming coming from i'm not even talking about that i'm coming from another place yeah i'm talking about all like because you said like learning from other people's experiences 
would be like considered artificial. The, okay, but here here's that the thing. All learning artificial. It would not because it is in in the terms of experiencing life only within the terms of its experiencing life because where we see the the divide in whether we should use CRISPR to um, to extend our lifespans or not um, most a lot of people give pushback because um, they either think it is ungodly or they think they think that any they think that the futuristic means of either up a better example is yeah uploading yourself to the cloud they think this is like going away from humanity so this is when i talk about stuff like this it is in just the terms of experience so i'm not opening it up to anything outside of oneself i'm just talking about in the terms of experience because okay you see somebody um you know fall off of a cliff well you could also fall off a cliff so it, within the constraints of action experience i think that watching somebody else uh, do something or you know comparing yourself to somebody else's experience I think there is um, and I, I was playing a little bit of devil's advocate so but I think there is a large portion of that I think you could attribute that to being artificial I well, think you can I sure I think he's talking about I know more, I know what like, he's saying the technical yeah. side of it like it kind of moving into like I understand where he's coming from yeah, yeah I, I know subconscious yeah. and just but, moving yeah. yourself into okay but um artificial program that's that's if you're analyzing others you can also like um create scenarios in your own head that you haven't yeah, experienced yeah I, I agree with that i so, yeah that's that's that yeah i'm not it but could be the same it could mm, be the same thing the only reason though the only reason we are ever able to create scenarios in our head at some point propagates from another experience like um if i yeah. just have a dream if i have a dream about me um marrying a chicken is because that something in my life has allowed me to theorize somebody marrying a chicken oh animals are real people are real people get married okay now my brain works and oh well what if this chicken a person me, I love this chicken. yeah what if uh, yeah. and yeah everything's so, a remix yeah everything comes from something so uh i don't even know why i said that but oh yeah yeah because um yeah so that it, those creating the scenarios, it, it definitely comes from somewhere, yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think being observant also is a really good like trait to have. You must. I feel like I'm very observant as a person, mm -hmm. like almost too observant. But that comes with, I, you know, I don't make mistakes with other people sometimes because I can just see that their mistake and be like, I'm not doing that. You know, or just staying proactive, I feel like yeah. is also. Yeah, I don't know if you're. That's, that's I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're as observant as you think, though. I am. Because if you look at the phone, you'd have noticed that we haven't been recording at all. This is a fake podcast. It's we just wanted to talk. Oh, that's what you. <laughs> <laughs> what if I we know, did that? What if we staring. had somebody sitting here talking for two and a half hours just for it yeah, to I'm never be recorded? That like would be dang. so funny, bro. That would have to be an audio only version. Yeah, but uh, that'd be sick. Dang, bro. You threw me off. Oh, my fault, man. Sorry, we, were, we finished two, though. No, I know. I wanted to say something else. I'm sorry. Whatever. All right, on to three. Thus, the good fighter is able to secure himself against defeat, but cannot make certain of defeating the enemy. Thus, the good fighter is... I think that goes back Sadie to... We already fortress. covered this, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that was two? Good, That's no. That was three, but I think... But we already Emery discussed oh, okay. this fortress where it's like... Thus, the good fighter is able to secure you. himself against defeat, 
but oh. cannot make certain of oh. defeating the enemy. Yeah, we talked about that. Okay. And finally, four. Hence the saying, one may know how to conquer without being able to do it. Mm. This one stumped me a little. Uh, wait, what I knew was important. I think, hold on. Ooh, I so just I had a good idea. I to take the podcast as a, as a platform to kind of figure this one out. Well, we know that. The podcast gives us superpowers and accelerates yeah. our thoughts. Hence the saying, um, one may know how to conquer without being able to do it. I feel like this is more of a confidence thing. It could be. I just always thought about it. When, when this was said, and I know Goddess is listening to this, um, when I heard this, I instantly thought of her. And one thing that she's always um, told me is um, it may not feel good, but it is working for our good. And it's talking about the divine nature of the universe and, and, and God, right? Um, so it's, it's, there's a certain layer of, 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 of sorry, I'm stuttering, of, of, of abstraction, of abstraction, of yeah. abstraction. There's a layer of abstraction that, you know, blinds us. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It, it, it blinds us. Sorry, I, I just started doing, thinking bro? about physics. I started thinking about physics, Ooh. that's why. Um, yeah, but it, 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 it blinds us from, from what is actually going on. You know, the fact that we only see um, the world in a certain frames per second, right? Um, it, it blinds in the fact that our brains, you know, mend time together. It blinds us from the fact that, as I said last episode, the flow of time is created from our our remembrance of the past, our realization of the present, and our um, our our uh, predictions about the future. These being pieced together, and you know playing it back it creates this flow of time while we think that it's the time is flowing it's like yeah. water but it's actually in um time is actually uh, there's a plank time there is little increments to time 10 to the ne- 10 to the negative 44 seconds called the plank second so if we were able to see at that speed of frames per second then we would see the universe in a lot different yeah. way in a lot of different in I a think different of light. this one as like in any terms a standstill Okay. Because if you have two perfect individuals, who's more perfect? Yeah. None, because they are of equal perfection. So the one perfect individual may know how to conquer. The other perfect individual may know how to conquer. Yeah. But if they are both perfect, impenetrable, then who will conquer whom? That, that's like the age-old story. Like if a, if a, if a donkey um, – there, there's uh, – this is, this is always used, but um, if a donkey is hungry and – stuck right in the middle between two um equal like stacks of hay which one is it gonna go for you know um i was just about to make an amazing racial joke but i think i need to stop um but yeah i I don't know this 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 story is like this is this story is told time and time again it's interesting it is yeah you know what's more interesting what the second page of this chapter principles 11 through 15 after that, we'll wrap this the philosophical discussion up and okay. get to the fun stuff. Okay. Well, this is pretty fun to me, but oh well, yeah, it's principle number eleven. Yeah, sure. What the ancients called a clever fighter is one who not only wins but excels in winning with ease. Number twelve. Hence, his victories bring him neither reputation for wisdom nor credit for courage. Number thirteen. He wins his battles by making no mistakes. Making no mistakes is what establishes the certainty of victory, for it means conquering an enemy that is already defeated. 14. Hence, the skillful skillful fighter puts himself into a position which makes defeat impossible and does not miss the moment for defeating the enemy. 15. 
Thus, it is that in, in war, the victorious strategist only seeks battle after the victory has been won. Whereas, he who is destined to defeat fights first and afterwards looks for victory. Pause. Yeah. Your computer's about to die. What percent is that? Oh. Let me see. Well, it's low battery. Click on the... What is it at? 10? Yeah. 10 will be fine. Okay. Um, I think... Well, you want me... I'll go back up top. What? To 11. I think you should oh, pick no. like two. Huh? huh? Never mind. Keep going. What did you say? What is going on? I was going to go restart at 11. Yeah, we we yeah, we can restart at 11, but um what I was going to say was that you know the more we the, the de- and we've already we've already talked to that. Yes, I love to talk about physics. And yes, Emery um loves to d- uh, dive deep into whether it's the political realm, the social realm, religious or just philosophical. We we have just already classified the Enlightened Brothers as a philosophical podcast, a philosophy podcast. And the more we talk, it, the more we cover topics like this because 11 i don't think there's much to say on him just because we've already we talked about this uh, a few days ago or the episode we uploaded yesterday mm-hmm. we talked about that already and i think it's interesting like we, we keep talking and you know like our ideas continue to grow and blossom and you know we create the philosophy that is already given to us and um that that speaks to um the the awesome nature of art of war the fact that like i said me being a physics um, person i believe everything coming from a single source yes and i believe you can always break down things into smaller smaller degree but in the other sense reversing it to uh its growth like the art of war being one of these uh um old timing books uh, also the bible like as it travels through time, like Emery always says, there are these remixes, and it keeps remixing and remixing. And now it seems like all of these intuitions that we have that seem to have, that our brains have seemed to have grabbed from the ether, or that seem to have just come within us, we think that these are original thoughts. But it's more so like all these things that we say stem back to these original source uh source scriptures so have i think you, it's interesting have you ever researched like different philosophers um like the person in general uh yeah a few yeah yeah i took a philosophy class mm-hmm. and it's just like they're different philosophers but they genuinely and like generally have the same idea exactly just explained differently yeah and that's also my if i had to be like a theorist or whatnot uh-huh. um religion yeah who's to say your god is not the same god as my god yeah if that makes sense i agree i agree no and um i mean in a religious uh standpoint like if you are religious then you you believe that um humanity has flaws so i mean for you to say that yours is over another one right is a little hypocritical just from the point that maybe these words that are being said to you are completely off and like maybe we really don't know that we probably don't even we can't even think about what the true nature of reality is and going off of what emery was saying about the remixes you know there's different versions of the bible yeah there's different versions of different biblical texts so it's kind of like like you said hypocritical of like how can i say what i believe is the true belief and this um like that philosophy class all philosophy is like every single philosophy is different and that may be obvious but like to play into it more 
this is everything written in the Art of War is Sun Tzu's beliefs, mm-hmm. and we be maybe reading it word for word, like everything that he said. But those are his beliefs. We're like right. translating it differently in our brains, what it means to us, and that in itself is a different philosophy for us. Yeah. So, I think the beauty the beauty of philosophy is that. Like, you know, we think of all these big philosophers like um, Confucius, um, even Jesus was a philosopher. Yeah. Um, Sun Tzu himself. Plato, Marcus Anthony. Yeah. yeah. You can all go of on us. Yeah. Every single person Anthony is a philosopher of their own. Yeah. Because we have our own set of mantras that we hold to be strength um, for ourselves. And we have all these beliefs and... You know, they're unique. They may be like remixes, but there's nobody that can say they truly believe in the same thing as me. Right. Yeah. Because you don't think the same as me. We all have different thoughts and yeah. beliefs. And experiences. Yeah. yeah. Which I feel like just makes us individuals in a sense, like yeah. as a whole. Yeah. And I mean, we're all, you know, there's always like, there's randomness within our universe. There's entropy. There's uh, things are always changing. You, um, you know, we we are all on uh, different time scales due to relativity. So there's there's nothing really alike between many of us in that sense. No. And you know what? Since we said that, and I think you guys have learned a lot about us through like various episodes of the podcast, but a lot about our guest Ari as well. I yeah. think we can wrap up that Art of War section. Cool. Because I already read all read through all the principles. Right. So well, we, um, Ari, so. Do you have yeah. any, like, you know, other topics? Before we go into the anime stuff, is there any other? Because I know you're, you're, big, you're a big person on questions. Because I always enjoy, like, you'll, you'll just say, what do you think about this? And it breeds this, like, you know, it, it, it births this amazing conversation. It branches off into all these different areas. And you're able to have all these different perspectives on it. You're very good at that. So, like, um, I, mean, I know I am putting you on the spot. But, it, like, have you, did you have any thoughts today or just at all that you just want to, you know, talk about, like, why not? Like, w- yeah, take the advantage yeah. of this Because this right is here. a, this is an awesome, even though, um, quick story about today before we, um, as Ari thinks about her question, um, Ari was not supposed to be the guest today. Uh, we were supposed to have another guest on, and um, he didn't pull through. He was doing something else. But, you know, Ari being the person she is, you know, she is ready. And, like, we're very thankful that, like, we were able to call her, like, just, like, you know, 20 minutes before she got here. And she was like, yeah, I'll pull up. So, And she's here, and she's doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I'm happy to be here. You know, I've wanted to be on the show. Yeah, of course you are. And you'll, and you'll be back. And you'll oh be back. <laughs> you'll, you'll be back with preparation. Yeah, more prepared, guys. Yeah. So something I can actually research. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of like Caleb said, I do like to think about things, especially and get other people's perspective on it. And yeah. I feel like that kind of helps me derive what I think because now yeah. I know more people's perspective. Yeah. But um, maybe a question is just how do you guys feel? I know I kind of talked about it earlier, but how do you guys feel about different religions like i know you're researching like hinduism and whatnot and i just feel like like i said early like how am i supposed to put my god over what someone else believes is their god okay yeah you can go first well there's one god you can call me whatever religion you would like to for saying that but yeah i believe all these religions share one same god greek greek gods and you know roman gods they're cool stories, but, you know, maybe, like, I'm just, like, I think maybe I'm kind of ignorant for saying that I reject those 
maybe those are all attri- I believe those are all attributes that our God does possess. And maybe like um maybe they broke it down. Yeah, they've been broken down into like different interpretations and subsets, but like I do believe that there is one uni- unitary God and every religion has been like those different philosophies for interpreting our God. Uh on 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 the unitary on the unitary theory. This is kind of how I think about it. Um I think it's interesting from from the point of there being um a more powerful being out there if there is um um th- a more powerful being out there um and i i talked about i actually brought this up to ari and she thought she was crazy but you know, or she thought i was crazy but i tried to bring up the so this is a quick like okay, tangent but i tried to bring up i was talking about how we live in a, a four-dimensional universe and if a higher <laughs> dimensional being were to enact something yeah. upon our universe that we would see it as a certain god figure we wouldn't be able to explain it and then i read in a book the next day or a few a few days later that that christian theologians actually believe this to be so like an explanation for god and like you know, when she read it from the Christian theology, she was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. But when I say, you know, I'm, I'm the I crazy science guy. I wasn't guy. there for it. Yeah, you know, like, okay. I just wasn't receptive Whatever. to how he was explaining it. Anyway, I think that once you place a power at that point, then you automatically discredit certain things that we are able to say. So the fact that it is unitary, that may be from our perspective. So when you say, like, you um that you may discredit like the roman gods the fact that there are all these different things now the stories that they create they come down and like people actually see them and like are affecting them in certain ways that it's a little bit easier to discredit that from the stories especially movies made from it because it's Mm -hmm. more interesting but um i think like if it were like a group or if it was one figure or one head, I don't think flawed creatures like us that are down here, I don't believe that we would absolutely be able to tell the difference. I don't think with our limited minds. Now, you know, faith, um, faith is what you use when you don't have direct evidence. So it is within your faith to believe that it is one unitary person. But when it comes uh, from an evidence perspective, I don't think that the lower weaker beings would be able to know whether it is a group whether it is all these people whether it is one god and that also um because i was listening to a guy um nick bostrom um talking about the simulation hypothesis um and the simulation hypothesis is more philosophical than physics um but i thought it was interesting and um from an evidence standpoint, um, it got me thinking, and I was lifting weights at the same time, and I was like, okay, tell me from a scientific point of view, how would I be able to actually tell the difference if it is the God out there, or if it is, if I'm a simulated universe and there's somebody behind a computer? Because the way in which it moves, again, from an evidence standpoint, I feel like would be the same to us. It would, would, it would feel the same to us. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. But do you think that, why does that have to be a separation and not one thing? 
what was separation what between evidence and religion no when you were talking about like someone moving us in a simulation yeah and then there being like just one person that like created us yeah in a sense. oh you saying why does it have to be a difference oh well i know not I, really I, why but i kind of i could see i don't that. think there is much i personally don't think there's much of a difference actually right because yeah. when you explain it that way i'm kind of like well i'm not gonna say is that the same thing but it's just kind of like when oh, and, god creates us and you know we're let's say on his playground yeah and it's like so if that person yeah or whoever they believe in like because me personally i believe that there is only one true god I, yeah. I believe in god itself yeah but when i was talking about i brought up my philosophy class earlier a lot of people believe in one prime mover yeah so it's like for others it's a god or for others, it's a, a force, yeah. something that starts yeah. up everything that we have the in divine. our world. Yes, but that's what I'm kind of just getting to when I talk to like other people is that it they we all kind of believe in the same thing. It's mm -hmm. just how do we like to interpret it and break it down? Right, and that's what that's the ultimate point I was trying to get to. I don't believe that we would like. Um, that's why I'm saying I don't think we can necessarily tell the difference just mm -hmm. because we are all sort of saying the same thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like that just kind of brings me to um, another point. Sure. I saw something. I think it was on Instagram. Yeah. Or oh. TikTok, maybe. Oh boy. <laughs> but they were basically saying that our world is so vast that we kind of use conventional methods to break it down, but there's so much left unexplained that uh -huh. we, as like you said, I think you're like low lower creatures or something, yeah. just can't formulate in our heads. So we try to do things like everything for example, functions on intangibles. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody, I think they were the point that they were bringing up and sorry if this is like incorrect, but they were just saying that like the math we know today is like what we can grasp to explain the world around us. That might not be the only math. Mm -hmm. It may not. Sense. It may Pause not, there. but we uh, need to charge it. Oh, really? Is, is it that low? 2%. 2%. All right. Let's, uh, uh, crap. pause, take a quick pause. I'll keep it. I'll keep what I'm about to say in the back. I, I need to move the computer back over to my side. That's fine. I don't think we're, we're not even using it anymore. Other than just recording. Guys, am I doing good? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, no, you're not doing good. You're doing well. Oh, nice. But, uh, oh my God, you did tell me about that correction. Dang it, Caleb. I get, I get so aggravated over that now because just because I researched like you're doing good the actual way you're supposed to say it and now like I get so annoyed when I hear when somebody says oh how are you doing they say good I'm like, that's how I feel when I hear about like me and mine and I so it's like you're supposed to say like I'm doing good like I just helped somebody Caleb, I'm doing that's, good for the that world that shit gets me I'd be like what what no I'm saying like correct not corrections but like proper way to say it is like Caleb and I not like Oh me yeah, yeah. No, that gets and on I, me too. I, and I, I keep so like anytime yeah. like I'm about to say it, I know I'm gonna say it. Like I just think like in yeah. I, so like I have to. Yeah. Like a personal thing. Anyway, we're back. I um, noticed that, but I keep it wrong on purpose. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, now what was I about to say? It doesn't feel comfortable. I don't care about oh. talking formally. Uh, I'll write that, but. Oh. Okay. Cred. That's why I was like, you know what's wrong? You gonna write that? What's What was I about to say? What did you just say? I'll say we're back again because oh yeah i already did but we're, i know we were having side okay we're back again what were you saying what did you say right before because i forgot I, I said i was going to keep it in the back of my mind because it was really insightful and i, was, I wanted to Emory, say what did i say i don't know i think i said prime mover yeah oh math oh there yeah. we go um yeah 
so the whole thing about the math and that is only of what is available to us eh, well for one that is kind of the purpose of math and science anyway it is to study the natural world so if you're saying that um our math that math can't uh explain things that may be metaphysical then um i would understand where you're coming from but so much math has been um and i i think more people uh need to notice this because um there are a lot of things that people don't agree with like uh the big bang um or evolution and things like that but so many things have reoccurred through experiment time and time and time again um to where it becomes scientific law um that shows that our our math and science truly does have merit um but i, I do think I, that I think, I think that um i think that a lot a lot of people don't um take into account experiment as much as they should well do you think our math i don't what the hell is that bro? like i'm agreeing like i i'm probably one of those people caleb Oops. oh yeah i know you are but it's okay it's okay do you think um, our math system is constant with, uh, let's say, an extraterrestrial life on another planet? I believe our math, after listening to Caleb, I feel like it's not limiting because it's as much as we can do. And like he mm-hmm. said, that there's a lot of things that was actually proven with using our basis of like where we're at now with mm-hmm. math and physics and all of that. But I feel like there's also things that we're just not smart enough right now or have the resources resources to get there mm. yeah i, I, I don't know we do have the resources um, we haven't discovered how to properly use them correct. we may not have discovered how to um do it yet but it it depends on it depends on what goal you have um because when you're talking about creating a theory of everything which is the main goal of sorry theoretical physics right now we um we do need probably new math because we've reconciled the world into functioning off of the standard model of particle physics okay we have Correct. these particles and we have quantum fields in which these particles propagate from there are ex- there are excitations Correct. in the fields and we also have um these bosons which put forth the four fundamental forces um the weak and strong nuclear force electromagnetism and gravity and what we've been able to do is using quantum mechanics couple these three together um which uh that being electromagnetism and the nuclear forces we have been able to fully explain the these phenomena under the realm of quantum mechanics but we have not been able to reconcile um uh, and create quantum gravity because once you get down to um that small of point then gravity starts to not make sense anymore just at the same uh like um, at the same time with black holes, once you get to the strength of that a black hole has, um, that starts to not make sense anymore in terms of the other forms of physics that we have. So, yes, we probably do need um, a paradigm shift. That's why so many people are working hard at this. Um, but we have put forth mathematical theories that may, that are that are giving us a good start this being right, uh, string theory yeah the holographic universe theory quantum gr- or loop quantum gravity the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics all these different interpretations of quantum mechanics we have um a, 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 um a lot of things that are moving us towards you know 
having a more understanding of our universe. So what's your theory on oh, how we got thing? to no, how oh. we got to this point? What? What do you mean? In this discussion from religion. Oh, um, let's backtrack a little. <laughs> yeah, back, um, <laughs> you know, um, because once we philosophy, well, yeah, philosophy. Oh, yeah, I'll get to that. Philosophy is studying the nature of reality, and once you start talking about the nature of reality, you know, I'm gonna start spinning, thinking about, you know, that is physics as well. You know, trying to understand nature. But to your uh, extraterrestrial point, what? And this is a big thing. I've read about this in multiple books. This is huge, 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 huge. Um, in the realms of physics and in the realm of you know people trying to um, um, adventure the universe and having interstellar travel. Say we meet um, another civilization. Would our math be the same? Well, Emery, um, I am definitely coming from my math intuition here other than my mathematical pure knowledge because you know I need to obtain this more knowledge and this is a this is a high question for you know um, high mathematicians and linguistics out there uh, or linguists or whatever out there. Um, but <clears throat> that is so interesting because mm, I think that fundamentally, I think fundamentally we would be able to communicate. I honestly do. Um, this within the realm of our pocket universe here, say we do live within a multiverse and maybe that maybe some of the, um, the physical constants that we live under are either marked down or marked up in another um, pocket universe outside mm -hmm. of our pocket universe, but within this pocket universe, I believe our um, sorry, um, I believe our math may be may have a fundamental nature. Yeah, it may I, be I'd agree. Yeah, it may function off a different number base though. Yeah, I think because math is um, math is based on nature. Yeah, we would have anything to calculate if there was nothing. So yeah. as long as our as long as the hmm, like the what am I trying to say? Do a cut here. Um, I think I know what you're as trying long, to say. As long as the cornerstones of our supposed reality yeah. are the same as theirs, then I think we would have no issue with communicating with their math language. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But... uh. I think we we went a way farther away from that initial religious question. Yeah, oh, that's fine. Yeah, but I wanted to add on to it a little more, okay, just on like the surface level. Yeah, I do think like there that all religions are simply the philosophical takes of like maybe you could think of it as like Republicans and Democrats. We all live in the same country. Yeah, but we're all taking in society at uh, like on like different levels and perspectives. Mm -hmm. I think religion is as similar as like as well we're all experience. on earth, but um the spheres in which we live are more similar to others than like than to those that are like like different from us, you know what I'm saying? I I, I get I get I get what you're trying to say, yeah, for sure. So, um yeah. That's yeah. it. I went through this whole phase, guys, where I was watching nothing but like the Da Vinci Code and uh -huh. like National Geographic yeah. and just movies kind of like more conspiracy. So like that's just always been like a question I've had since I was a kid of just like, what do we tell is correct? You know, like yeah. what is it that is the correct way or the proper way or what is right? I just, I, but I also feel like God didn't tell us those things directly to let us have these great conversations and perspectives and develop our own way of thinking because, you know, yeah. There are That's two it. sides to that, though. There are two essential sides, concepts, which are the search, the pursuit of 
there is an answer. And the stray. Huh? I thought you were going to say the stray. But go ahead. Oh, yeah. The pursuit of the concept that there is an answer. And the passive, the uh, is passivity a word? The passiveness? Yeah. The passiveness of uh, saying that there is no answer. Mm-hmm. And well, I think that's good. what people would try to, like, more likely refer to as enlightenment. What, right. that there is no answer? That is, like, you're stressing yourself by constantly looking for the, the answers to these questions when there are... That was a good question. When there's not meant to be yeah. an answer. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. I think there if, is uh, in a, an uh, in a Certainly in a, in a spiritual sense, yeah. I, uh, in the lines of uh, spirituality, yes, of course. Um, but, I mean, enlightenment is also subjective, I believe. And um, if you're talking to a scientist, they probably would disagree with that um, just because they think that one day they will be able to, you know, describe the world on a sheet of paper. Well, yeah, th- that's the pursuit of an answer. Yeah. That's th- they're the ob- other side. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I think there is an answer to these things. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like humanity and mankind right now are in that level of, what were you saying with well it's a certain level of ignorance yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's what i was saying like i think right now but maybe that's where we tie it all together where it's like enlightenment is where you you reach that answer okay yeah and it's just so big that you can't explain that to others Mm -hmm. and that's why it's such a a goal to reach because you're at a position now that like you're indestructible in a sense yeah i feel you oh that was a nice yeah that was that was a good talk i mean there's (laughs) some other stuff i i kind of want to talk about but I know we're running short on time. Part um, two. Yeah, I mean, we're, we know we're bringing you back because we probably could do a whole topic just based off of the questions you can ask because you're, you're – Oh, I got like questions. I said, this was just on spot. Your, your questions are, are awesome. Yeah, but up I'm, to this point, it's been straight, straight. Like, the topics were interesting, but yeah. they were jam-packed. So let's ease up a little for the end of the podcast okay. with something that a lot of us, all three of us here, uh, really cherish. Yeah. Anime. Top three animes of all time. Drop them. You got yours? I don't have a top three. You guys know how I am. But I love on my top three, y'all, I love Full Metal Alchemist. Okay. With Caleb, there goes your science side. There goes your physics and everything. Yes, sir. I love Full Metal Alchemist, but it's just probably because that was the most... One, this is the one that taught me the most, like, growing up, I felt yeah. like. I was just probably in a period of time where, like, impressionable, but that anime, mm-hmm. I got a special part in my mm-hmm. heart. <laughs> my top three. Um, Katekyo, Hitman Reborn. Uh, I'll, I'll give, like, rundowns of what they are. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if we have a anime viewer base. Uh-huh. Um, number two, Detective Conan. And number three is kind of interchangeable, depending on how I'm feeling that day. It's between Code Geass and Clanad, but those are Clanad sucks. those are two okay, those <laughs> are two ex- exceptional <laughs> animes. Yeah, they're they're good, but Clanad huh. sucks. Well, uh, if the viewers don't know, I do watch anime. Yes, um, but my not my the library of animes that I have watched and completed is. Um, extremely less than these two beside me. These guys have been watching um, anime for almost their whole entire cognitive lifespan <laughs> um, that they actually have memories of. 
Um, so they've they've definitely uh, gone a lot longer than I have. Um, I've watched anime since eighth grade, but you know I also uh, dabble into a lot of sci-fi stuff. So anime is probably probably takes a second place to that for me. But um, for me, my number one. My number one is most likely, I, I'd certainly say my number one is Sword Art Online. Mm. Um, Sword Art Online That's is top ten for sure. Uh, Sword Art and Ar- Ariana overhated. Uh, she she for some reason and like she uh, and no, you know what? You're not allowed to hate on I can't because watch it. you. She says she can't watch it, but Boring. tomorrow, I mean tomorrow. Earlier, weren't we talking about you know taking all the sides of the story? Well, when, what happened to that? Listen, she is completely subjective in the fact that she has watched 30 seconds of the anime and it's completely. I watched written three it episodes. That's, That's not enough bro. at all. That's not enough. But hey, um, three episode rule. <laughs> uh, some BS. Sure. That but rule. anyway. Um, Sword, Art on- Sword Art Online for me, it became my favorite anime, um, especially because um, you guys know I'm a science lover. Once they, um, you know, added in that artificial intelligence component, that really brought me across. Um, yeah. So Sword Art Online is amazing. Um, and like now I'm, tra- I'm trying to distinguish like objective, like this is an amazing, uh, this is a great anime versus like, the, a great anime to you. So if we're just doing personal greats, because there are other animes that I think are like better made than this one. Um, oh yeah, this but is your top but three. yeah, but yeah, but Dr. Stone is also another one that is extremely I- inspiring for me just for somebody to be able to use the power of science to go from, to basically being Adam and Eve again and creating civilization. I think that's amazing. Somebody being able to use um, brain power in that perspective. So I wonder if that Adam would, ever made like a desk, like built a desk. Uh, right, I exactly. Think. So that Dr. Stone would definitely be up there for me, just, um, you know, adding in more science. Um, then another one. I got to look at my uh, Because, see, all, all these animes function off of Triumph. Um, so this is a little basic. But um, that tr- the in the story of Triumph, um, I think I would probably I can't I keep thinking of Naruto, yeah. I keep I keep putting it Naruto is. up there just because like what he had to overcome that, that's an awesome story. And you have to also think there's so many animes that are built off of Naruto, right. Jujutsu Kaisen being one of them. Basically, it's it's Naruto in a nutshell. It's just you got different characters like Sakura. Yeah. That worthless character, uh, her, she's so worthless. I don't like Sakura. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But, Sakura. <laughs> you know, like, Gojo Sensei is now the new Kakashi. Yeah. So, that, oh, you know, hey, that that is a great point. It's things like that. Like, Naruto is definitely, like, one of the landmarks. Like, I feel like the top three for everyone is, like, for some reason, people don't include Bleach, but I think it's because they can't finish it. Yeah. But I love Bleach. And mm, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball is there. One Piece oh, yeah. is No, it's there. number one. Dragon Ball? Saying, well, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball in the, in that everything is based on Dragon Ball. Yeah. yeah. Dragon Ball, One Piece. People can't finish that, but I'm caught up on that one. I actually did caught up. But catch up. But yeah. One Piece, you know, Naruto, Naruto shipping. I actually like shipping in better than regular Naruto. These are just, I don't know. This is oh, yeah. I feel like Ooh. Demon Slayer is really, really good. Yeah. 
That's my top but 10 too. But it's just, really? it hasn't progressed enough for me to be like, it's one of the best. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have to manga, finish so. it yet. Oh, okay. But Moggy's, Moggy, Moggy's a very good one. When Moggy's I say Moggy 10. is like, within my top five, like, if I had to watch anime for the rest of my life, it just might. No, it'd be Sinbad's one of my but, favorite characters. So are we all, so anime. I think Moggy is Moggy, all in our top, like, at least top six for all of us, I think. For, yes, for I love Moggy. You have to think about like the relationships between the friends. And like his progression as Aladdin, like you know, like yeah. you have to think about him like growing up, not even knowing who he is. Like all he has is that stupid flute with his friend in it. Yeah, you know, like I had to read and. What do we think? What is that one is. anime um, about the girl that kills him at the end? School days. School. I really enjoy school. Uh, see, these are that some animes nice that anime. these That's are some these are some animes that people 10. are they're little, oh I'm not talking about best anime oh, okay. but sure like not a lot of people even know very about impressionable yeah, though animes that I I truly enjoy. Well, there was one I read over here, um, but I really recently Promise the, Neverland. Uh, I haven't watched that one yet actually, but the, oh. some of that I really do enjoy. Um, I really do enjoy uh, Domestic Girlfriend and School Days, she, Assassination Classroom. The slice of, well, I that's love not that. really a slice of life. Uh, the, yeah, but Slice of Life are, are nice. I, um, those are slept on because, you know, not everything's about, like, throwing po- powerful yeah. power balls at each other. And, Some like, of the um, funniest ones are Slice of Life. Slice of Life, it, yeah. it's like, Got it, it adds that level of relatability yeah. to them, even though they're not relatable at all. But it's like yeah. these yeah. could be actual people, and here are their experiences with each yeah. other. God of High School was an amazing one. One neither of us talked about today was Hunter Hunter or Hunter X Hunter. Oh, I don't know which top, one. You're, top, which one? Are you, I don't Hunter know which Hunter. One. Hunter Hunter. That's Hunter what I thought. X but X um, but that that is also a very good one that I've yeah, gone that, through. I should. That is top five. I like um, the different arcs and Gon's progression from yeah. just being a kid to like going through the whole Hunter exam. I felt like everything just built upon each other like perfectly. What is that anime about the shield? Shield hero. Shield here is a good one. Goblin Slayer is one I really liked also. Um, I feel like one that nobody talks about is Say I Love You. That was probably like my first like yeah, romance that I just, I loved like fully like throughout. Yeah, and like My Little Monster and Orange. Those are like top tier in my book. And Seven Deadly Sins, a new season is out as we speak. And that is what I'm going to sleep tonight too. I'm watching. I'm watching seven it. Binging it. Sins. Let me describe a little bit my top three, though. Okay. Well, I'm sure the non-anime f- fans already s- use the time steps to skip past this. Probably. But, yeah. Uh, uh, Kill, Hitman Reborn. At uh, the main character, Sunayoshi Sawada. He's one of my favorite characters because he's a loser. And Ari, I'm currently watching this show with he's, her. He's forcing me. Oh, whatever. I'm She's on episode like 34, it. though. Uh-huh. When, when have you ever disliked the anime that I put you on? Uh, talk to me. I didn't Think, like Sword Art Online. You talk d- to I me. never put you on that. How far did you watch it to that? Three episodes? Well, I didn't make you watch it. I couldn't finish it, though. But, um, yeah. That's a that's another thing. My taste is impeccable. But Suniyoshi mm-hmm. Sawada, uh, he's, he's an amazing character to me because, you know, he's a loser. And, you know, you always see it in animes, the loser. He um, continues to become strong, but no, throughout the entire he's 200 episodes of this <laughs> yeah. entire show, he's a, he's a loser. loser. He's a bum. Yeah. But he has these shining moments that make him the world's greatest loser. It makes you loser. excited. Yeah. I and think that's he, awesome. And it goes to show that even, even how incompetent anybody may deem you as, 
you still have your moments of strength. And, like, I'm talking about strength where he's, like, stronger than everyone in the show. Yeah. Like, m- maybe they'll still see him, they'll see him as strong because of his accomplishments, but no, he's still fundamentally a loser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I really like. But that reminds me. Because he kind of reminds me of myself. Yeah. Yeah. These, these, okay. these triumph stories. No, these triumph stories are, like, it's so inspiring and, like, to like um it, you know i think it all stems back to from like you know david and goliath and these types of things it's just like the 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 art of triumph it's like that's probably the most ins- one of the most inspiring uh-huh. stories that humanity can but that uh, makes me so excited to watch animes like baki Kingon yeah. Ashura. Yeah. Oh, I just like. Record of I just like. Blood. I well, that's the that's like. Blood. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. just. Yeah. I, socking each other. I bro. like like tournament style animes. Like yeah. just to see characters go like one on one, or like two on two. Like I love that. Even like Heaven's Arena in Hunter Hunter, top tier. Yeah. So if uh if, if my physics knowledge progresses to the point one day where. Uh, I give you guys, uh, you know, any power that you'd like to have from any anime that you love. You guys being such lovers of anime, would you, would you, would you, um, you know, uh, take the apple from the forbidden fruit tree, or are you nah. guys not doing it? I don't think I could. I don't do really it. think I need a power. Really? It'd be cool to watch people though, yeah. but Shoot, no, I like get... <laughs> I wouldn't want like oh to read somebody's mind. Yeah. Or to fly. Like I, I mean, flying that is that is pretty cool. But like, what if a bird hits me or something? We're already time travel. I mean, we can all time travel. I'll fly in heaven, my G. That's that. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, is it music time or are you? Are no, you still my go- oh, wait. Oh, you're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. My fault. Yeah, go ahead. My number Gosh. two, Detective Conan. Yeah. You know, Never I used watched. to want to be a detective. Yeah. And that, that show just reached over a thousand episodes. I was on like 700, 800 something before I stopped watching it. Yeah. And I completely forgot about everything because I was watching that in middle school. Yeah. And like elementary. So, but yeah, that really inspired me because, you know, that's where I think I really got my my desire to learn from where it amplified it because mm-hmm. I was always a reader before that and like I always wanted to learn more but my desire to like discover the truth behind things maybe activated my conspiracy side because that's a whole anime about you know finding the truth right. and uh, you know that one really spoke to me number three I said it was interchangeable between Clanad and Code Geass Code Geass is about this um banished prince of a country who um you know he notices everything that's wrong with this country and he becomes like the leader of a terrorist organization but in truth he's trying to like you know take over the country and lead them um lead them on the right path but on that road to like on that road to like saving everyone he makes some like really tough choices Mm -hmm. and it kind of expired that's like the kind of leader i want to be like, regardless if I have the fame or the fortune, I want to be somebody, or regardless if I'm hated for my actions, I want to be somebody that I can truly say, like, I made a change to the world, you know, yeah. no matter how you're deemed. And, you know, like, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to say, like, the flame, the glamour wouldn't be kind of nice, because it would. Yeah, it would. It <laughs> would. You know, I, I love the attention, but, you know, like, if you really truly ask me what I want to accomplish, like, I'm the kind of like by any means necessary. Not any means. I won't kill nobody, but like you know, I got if you got you got to do what you got to do to make things happen. You know, I must say, and <clears throat> I've thought about this for a while. I, I brought this forth in episode 15 when I wore my Bazinga shirt, but 
Anyone, uh, it, I know I'm, I'm able, I know I'm awesome. I'm able to get the, the, the best things out of the most stupidest things. But, you know, I think people, you know, they make fun of people who like, you know, sit around and, and watch TV and stuff like that. But, you know, Emery probably didn't watch shows with this intent. I now watch shows like Rick and Morty and Big Bang Theory and um, Dr. Stone and Mob Psycho with this intent. But the ability to draw inspiration from these shows is so powerful. I already told you guys the inspiration that a character like Sheldon Cooper was able to give me. Um, I didn't start sitting into my, you know, little nerdy quirks until I watched Big Bang Theory. Mob Psycho has also been inspirational to <laughs> me. And like uh, Dr. Stone, and like all these different different shows like that. It's, it's crazy how, you know, they could kind of kind of create who we are. It's, yeah. it's really special. I agree with that. Because if anyone knows me knows, like, I love my friends, and I always say surround yourself around people you want to be like. Yeah. If it wasn't for these two and, like, my other friends in ACE, I would have not been an ACE. Yeah. I wouldn't have been 17 in my class, you know? Like, yeah. I wouldn't have got all A's all throughout high school. Like, I wouldn't have pushed myself without having good friends. And I feel like I found that out through One Piece. Mm -hmm. Luffy did not give up on Nico Robin, okay, guys? Yeah. Yeah. He saved her. He almost died, but he saved her all because of friendship. And now look at her, a loyal person to his crew. You know, one of the oh, sorry, I was going to I was going to name another inspiring anime um, that one. You know, and this is the Slytherin side to me. I love greatness and power, which is why I'm a Slytherin. One Punch Man. Um, the ability to just destroy your 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 competition like that. Oh, like that's like like this probably is what brings out the mad scientist in me but like that is also like uber inspiring to me just to like the ability to have that much power and crush competition mm -hmm. and it's, it's a little it, sexy like, and he, he worked at it worked yeah he worked at it <laughs> i said it's a little sexy like you, mm -hmm. me having it would be uh, uh sexy, well, i might have chose a different adjective <laughs> yeah. But. uh yeah true <laughs> that's, that, that was um good. no um yeah are you i like it's awesome when um anime has like turned you into like you kind of remind me as like you know like you're like pervy sensei from naruto uh, yeah, I, that, I that he definitely reminds me of, of you for sure um i like him he died the, the ninja that. ostrich reminds me of you um what is that? Uh, um you know the uh you know po from kung fu panda even though it's not anime he reminds me of you a little oh, yeah, bit she kinda your, too. your shape and figure um, what? I'm round. He said you're shaping figure. Wow. Um, I got chubby cheese, but I'm not round, y'all. <laughs> uh, let's see. What other anime characters do you remind me of? Um, oh, Sakura. Worthless. Oh, you definitely it. remind me That's of Sakura. Exactly. Yeah, you're definitely oh a Sakura gosh. type. You were um, doing some introspection earlier when you talked about her yeah yeah, yeah. oh definitely you were that's looking that's a so powerful trait maybe yeah. sakura, it makes you a little bit le less sakura should have got hit by that stick that neji died from damn damn sheesh that's what she should have done right, she well. should have died yeah this anime well, talk has been awesome and we need to continue it when you get to back. close it out I'll watch ahead. watch clan ad clan ad. Great. oh yeah 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 it's okay guys what you need to watch and it's so underrated is called <sighs> zammed X-A-M-D. Emery refuses to watch it, but when I tell you guys, it was one of those animes I had to watch when I was older because I didn't understand it when I was younger, but it's so good. And it, like, people actually die in it, okay? Mm. Top tier. Peace.
people actually die in it. Yeah. That's a selling point. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like, oh, I brought you back to life. No, like, they die. In that case, watch Invincible. Invincible is such a good show. Yeah. Not All right, well. You ready, man? Yeah. All right, it's time for some music. All right, you going to freestyle with me? I you can't freestyle. To. I don't know if I'm freestyling. Yeah. And like brothers. Yeah. Huh? Thank you, God. <laughs> Road to enlightenment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you all for 100 subs. Rocket, yeah. I see you. Check out the Instagram. Link in the description. Yeah. Link in the bio. Yeah. Hey. And I'm running with the bros. Yeah. Yeah. This was a great episode. Yeah. Talking hey. about COVID yeah. and religion and some more. Yeah. yeah. What? Wait. Hey. Wait. Hey. COVID-19. COVID-19. New Delta variant. Hey. New Delta variant. Hey. New Delta variant. Hey. New Delta variant. Hey. Hey. Oh, I was letting you go, bro. My fault. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought of anything yet. Keep going. Keep going. I, I got yeah. you, though. Yeah. I am Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Why is she dancing? Wait, it is kind of nice. What? Yeah. Is she icy? No, Glacier Girl. Yeah. Glacier Girl. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's cold. It's hail. I am feeling well. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey. And this podcast, yeah, we cast a spell. What? It's really what? wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I am a caca. Oh my god. Yeah. It's getting oh worse god. and worse, bro. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Hey. I have nothing else. I, I have nothing. I have nothing. Like I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Bro. I have nothing, bro. I have to write down my raps. Bro. They really suck. Yeah. I'm you the are only a one. Duck. Yeah. What? But I'm really trying to. Woo! Yeah, but I'm really trying to. Yeah, but I'm really trying to. Yeah, but I'm really trying to. But I'm really trying to. But I'm really trying to. Yeah. Oh my God, she's saying nothing. What? Oh my God, she's saying nothing. Yeah, but we killing this. Yeah, but we killing him or something. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Running back. Running back. Ooh. Yeah. What? I'm sick. I'm about to sit down. What? Yeah. Yeah, we killing on the beat. Yeah, and we going hard on the beat. Yeah, I need some with some bop in it. What? I need some with some bop in it. Yeah, I need some with some bop in it. Yeah, bop in it. Yeah, bop in it. Yeah, and we and we killing it. Yeah, and we and we killing it. Yeah, and we and we killing it. Yeah. Oh, with the whole hands. Yeah, and we grab it. Yeah. Hey. I'm like this. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh,